Hello everyone, welcome back to the Hive Mind Recap Podcast. July 2022 is in the books, officially in the second half of the year. And boy howdy, do we have a lot of music to talk about. I think there's an argument to be made we have even more music to talk about than we did in June, and we had to split June up into two episodes, and we're trying to do this all in one. Surely that's a good omen. For reference, the Spotify playlist for June is sitting at 131 total songs, including all singles, EPs, and albums. This is 156, so... Oh, stop. Don't say it. Don't uh, say it. I hate to be that guy. Oh. Uh, Jake, the stream's not live. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That's... Tonight's gonna be great. Tonight's gonna be. You know what? That's that's staying in the episode anyway. I don't really care at this point. Fuck it. Fuck but it anyway, that's just a uh, hello. Uh, we uh, stream these, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if we press go live, if I press the right button, <laughs> yeah. He really, he, really said, he, he said, Jake, you got forty seconds, and then like waited and just didn't press go live. <laughs> everybody's talking at the same time i have no idea what's happening for everyone that didn't see that live surprise that wasn't live because jake started the podcast well i i forgot to press the live button so if you want to hear the full thing you'll have to check out the spotify version later on uh but yeah anyway for spotify listeners that's your friendly reminder that you should go subscribe to our youtube channel because we do these live at the beginning of every month so you can uh, follow along with us as we discuss everything live. And you should definitely do that because it's fun to uh, interact with chat and anyone that's listening to the same music that we are. There's a playlist Spe- link in the description of the episode, um, uh, whether Speaking it's the live stream or the, the edit The YouTube episode, yeah. channel, we have hit a lot of subscribers in the last 24 yeah, to 48 kinda, hours. We went, <laughs> I no, don't know the what the fuck too. is going on. <laughs> you guys went crazy last month. What yeah. the hell? It's feasible we might actually hit 100 at the end of this year, and I don't... That's crazy. It's almost like June had a lot of really good music, and we're being rewarded for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because we made that music. Because we could actually make content. Hooray. <laughs> uh, speaking of content, uh, we did some side content. We did the After Hours with Archetypes Collide. Yes, uh, you can see that on the YouTube and... Uh, Check that out as well. That was a fun time with uh, Brand, Kyle, and uh, Tyler. Definitely a lot and of fun getting to chat with them. And not me, bro. Especially, <laughs> especially for Justin and I, having been uh, fans of that band since 2019, uh, over three years ago at this point, finally getting a chance to talk to them was really cool. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, I want to get this thing going pretty quick, but is there anything brief we want to talk about? Uh, Jacob, you went to some shows, or just a show? No, two so shows. Like two shows. I feel like this is a new segment night. of the podcast. Yeah, it is. it's kind of a it's new segment. It's a concert review point. section, dude. I gotta do it. Wait, did anybody else go to any, or is it just me? No. I think nah, it's just you. Just, you just, Nobody um, comes here, bro. Well, we, we've, we've got... Uh-huh. Yeah, we've got Rivals in Virginia Beach, I think, next week. I might go to that. Shit. Maybe. You Anyways. Know, I think it's next week. All right, Jacob. I did the impossible. Not really, but I went to two shows in the same night because I'm crazy, and uh, so I went to see, it was a, a day to remember headliner, but I only went to see Bad Omens, and then I left after Bad Omens, and I went to the merch, 
Bought some Bad Omens merch. I heard Beartooth from a distance. <laughs> and then I left. And I went to see uh, Grayscale, Garden, and Bearings. And honestly, that was... Like, all three. Actually, all four. Like, Bad Omens as well were amazing. <laughs> it's like one of my favorite nights, honestly. Um... Yeah, I I mean, that, to... that's kind of a bad omens guarantee at this point. It feels it's like true. I got to hear just pretend. Is incapable of doing wrong. I got to hear just pretend. I got to hear nowhere to go. Didn't get to hear concrete jungle, unfortunately, but maybe next time. Do they still play mercy on their set list? Well, probably not because no. they're just opening, but no, they played it was all from newest album and then limits and dethrone. Dethrone, yeah. That video you posted of Nowhere to Go sounded so fucking good. On Apparently, so apparently on their other shows, they were trying to do a wall of death during Nowhere to Go. And each uh, venue had chairs, so they couldn't. <laughs> so we were the first show to do the wall of death to Nowhere to Go. I mean, you get the distinct honor. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I didn't, still so I didn't join, but... <laughs> it feels fucked up to me that, like... You got to see Garden Live before I did. Well, you haven't like seen something that? about the... no. What? No, that's why I was so jealous, bro. I haven't seen it. Oh yeah, I should talk about like... that. Huh? Apparently, uh, I didn't know him. At the... Derek had to enlighten me, but Sewer Person oh, was yeah. also at this yeah. show. Don't remind me. <laughs> Derek and shambles. I'm in so much pain. Also, Derek, uh, Jessica and Rivals is tonight in Virginia Beach. Oh yeah, here I'll meet. <laughs> I'll meet you there. <laughs> yeah, live at the rival show. I can do this from my car. <laughs> oh man, that is kind of feasible, actually. Seven. So yeah, sewer person was in the mosh pit, literally right in front of me. I'm pretty sure he sweat on me. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I would never shower again. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a lot. That's a lot. Grayscale and Bearings. Uh, bearings apparently was a hometown show, so the crowd was kind of crazy for them. And then Grayscale was also really fun to watch, honestly. Like, I don't yeah. know any of their songs, but still really entertaining. I, um, oh, got that's how I was with Thornhill. Oh, shit, that's right. That show happened. Oh, God, I missed I get to so get see shows. Thornhill next week. Can you stop going to so many concerts? <laughs> it's not Dude. fair. I feel like at this point, he just sees a concert comes up, and he's like, oh, look, no Virginia date. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go and then tell our Virginia friends about all the fun concerts I get to go to. I mean, we're complaining. We're an and Jake, fuck Canada. <laughs> yeah, um, fuck Canada. I'm, fuck really, Canada. I'm willing to drop a fuck Canada. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's that's it for the show reviews. Honestly, that's, you guys are just ruining our, my fun. <laughs> that's our that's our motto here at the Hive Mind is fuck Canada. You know, fuck our friends having fun. We hate that. Yep. Derek if, said if he was gonna fly out just to see Garden and Sewer Person. Dude, I would have if I would have known that was happening. I I probably would have come. So who else is I, from yeah. Toronto that I should know of? I have literally no idea. Ren for short. No, <laughs> she's not. I thought I don't she was. Think so. I don't think so. Maybe. Hold on. Stand by. Anyways, Need to do a hometown check on Rick for move, sure. Let's move on and Derek can tell us in a second. 
Oh shit! Yep, she is from Toronto. Well, all right. <laughs> I'll just uh, I'll just go fuck myself. That's fine. Brand of sacrifice. I'm pretty oh, sure it's from Toronto. Stop! <laughs> stop! Counterparts is from near Toronto. I need to move to Toronto. Uh, then yeah. I can defend you. Then it can I can be pro Canada from there on out. We'll have an even balance, perfectly balanced is all things should be. All right, let's let's get into these. Let's singles. talk about some music. We got a lot of music to talk about, and no more time to waste. Let's start with a new band I found this month. The Impulsive have released a brand new song called Closure. Uh, this is a band that uh, showed up through a tour announcement of uh, Cold Kingdom and Divide the Fall with support from the impulsive uh, we'll be talking about divide the fall later but i was like all right i like two out of three bands on that bill already let's let's see what the impulsive has to offer and they just put out this brand new song uh, at the beginning of the month and it's surprisingly good uh it's just a really solid song there's a nice balance of the clean vocals with the harsh vocals and a really sick instrumental breakdown that comes in in the second half of the song uh just like a slight pause before the instrumentation kicks in and just overall a song i found myself going back to quite a lot this month this, I need you to help me because this sounds like three different bands at the same time and I can't place any of them and it made me really mad. So I'm hoping you've got some comparisons and then oh. I can make it work. Mine was um, Red and Breaking Bad. Not Breaking yeah. Bad. Breaking Benjamin. Break, breaking Bad? Sorry. I was, <laughs> My I was favorite hard la- rock band. <laughs> I was looking later in the podcast. With, with looking support from Better Call Saul. Yes. Um... Um, yeah, I was thinking of like a more electronic version of like Red. It's probably the one I'd go toward the most. Uh, Breaking Benjamin, maybe. Um, there's another band. I don't know if we talked about on the podcast at all, but a band called Dark Signal that I was into a little bit. Um, they had, we, we they had a couple of songs that. Um, this is similar with a bit more of electronic vibe. If I had to, if I had to I've just it. whipped up this comparison on the spot, and I want to say if it's like. Breaking Benjamin meets picturesque. No, I can see it in the vocals. No. I can see it in the vocals. None. What? Like the, I, can see it. I disagree. The, the, I disagree. The higher, the higher pitch and the queen vocals in the chorus is kind of where I'm thinking with that. And picturesque is the first band that comes to mind for me. Mm, no, it's not like picturesque. It's like I'm, no. I'm not. I'm not going to give it to. You. I'm. I'm. I'm throwing a red flag on the Jake, play. Right. Jake. I'll. I'll that's, give that's you fair. like a half point. Okay. I'm good enough. Th- I didn't plan on making a comparison here, so. Um, I'll give you uh that's a point that's a zero point five. The Toronto native agree with Yeah. Yeah, here you know what? You're Canadian. Your points don't mean anything, bro. It's simply it's a it's a conversion rate. It's a conversion. Mine is actually a seven point nine. <laughs> it's like Half Jake's Canadian points. This is the Canadian last episode American we had Jake's rating system. This is the Canadian his rating system is just jace but thrown into the kad conversion so like (laughs) everything's worth just a little bit less (laughs) system failure point conversion failed yeah oh shit i mean all i have to say that this is just like it's i i want to call it like generic hard rock type of thing like if if you like hard rock you're gonna love this and this is probably like the most confident i've been in a while to call like a song really solid without being amazing but like in the best way possible you know like they fit right in with that, uh, with like a divide the fall. Maybe that's the comparison I should have broken up. I think. I, I yeah. Uh, they kind of fit in with divide the fall. 
It makes sense why I found them on the same tour poster. Um, but I, I don't have too much more to say, so I think we should move on. Yeah, let's right, do that. The next one. <laughs> Eric, take uh, it away. Pseudo has put out a new song called Sweater featuring Velveteers. Um, full disclosure, I have no idea who Pseudo is. Like, none. I've never listened to him he, before this song. No idea. So, sounds like Eden, if I have Yes. To. I was yes. going to say it sounds like Arden. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, either way, I win. They so. all, yeah, they all sound kind of... <laughs> kind of in that vibe so i can see it so i guess like on on the subject of garden um i only found this because i every once in a while i'll look at velveteers of spotify to see if she's dropped anything new um because she was an artist who i found in like that 2016 2017 range around the same time as i did like garden and gucci high waters like they're all in the same like sad boy emo hip-hop channel mm -hmm. um and i've been off and on listening to her ever since and i found this song like literally maybe a week ago and it is so and you good. only gave it to me today yeah well i wasn't super convinced i didn't hear it till three days ago right like i found it i threw it in the thing to catch up on before we made the playlist and then i listened to it and i went holy shit <laughs> like <laughs> she sounds great pseudo sounds great um i didn't really expect the build up into the break at the end and it reminded me a lot of uh, like Valley Heart or early like movements almost with the way that guitar sounded, um, the building harmonies at the end that like slowly got louder as the instruments got quieter. Like that last, the first three minutes is good. That last minute is like transcendent. See, <laughs> I I loved it. That last minute came out of nowhere for me. Like I, I was kind of like zoned out of it, and then the guitars come in, and I'm like, whoa, whoa hold on, hold on, wait, wait. <laughs> this is kind of good. You know what? I thought this song dragged on too long. It did drag on for a while. I think I I think I could agree with it being a little bit shorter and like building up to the guitars a bit more sooner for my impatient soul. But because I, I, I enjoyed thought... the, I enjoyed the part where it built built up. Maybe I'm just too used to Garden now <laughs> with this two minute songs. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I I enjoyed like the first. I'm like the opposite of you guys. I thought the first three minutes were like amazing. And then I was like, okay, it's going to end here. And then it goes, wait, and then, and then I was like, okay, it's not ending. And like, I wish it kind of did. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't, interesting. So is it just that you don't like the break and build up as much or you wish it happened like a minute sooner? Like you just want it to be three minutes. It doesn't matter what's in that three minutes. Or do you just I like have to vibe? hear that version, like a shortened version with the, the the build and breakup to to make my decision i think yeah yeah well i'm glad you like it as much as you do i wasn't yeah. i i thought maybe but i wasn't really sure and i'm like i'll leave it to him and you're like why didn't you show me this and i'm like yeah i got it hook line sinker real man maybe it'll be a thing that grows on me with more lessons yeah, well, I'm gonna give it plenty more lessons. I don't yeah, for me personally. Me too. So. Speaking of songs that I've given a lot of listens, uh, Royal Coda are back with their newest single off their upcoming album uh, called "We Slowly Lose Hope for Things to Come." So why are we giving up? Cause 
this was released alongside Screen Time Overload, which is another single, and the album drops next Friday, August 12th. Right before uh, I see them live. Oh, man. <laughs> <sighs> Fuck you. <laughs> this is uh, <laughs> lead singer Kurt Travis, who is like, he used to be the singer for Dance Gavin Dance and like also 8 million other projects. Um, it's Will Swan, the guitarist from Dance Gavin Dance, uh, Sergio Medina from Stolas, Cianvar, Nova Charisma. He also filled in for Tim after uh, Tim died and Dance Gavin Dance went on tour. Um, Joe Arrington from Cianvar and A Lot Like Birds, and Stefan Gotch of like. Are you just, just saying Royal it's like Coda. a super group? Yeah, it's a super group. <laughs> I mean, this is like this is like the Swan Core super group. Like this is the Swan Core band to end all Swan Core bands. It See, literally has Will Swan. I like, really <laughs> enjoyed this. Because I feel like in moments with, like, Dance Gavin Dance, um, it's almost, like, too much Will Swan. This is, like, yeah. the perfect amount. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we I'll touch on that point later, actually. Remind me of that in about two hours and 15 minutes. Oh. Um, but, yeah, I I think in a time where it feels like Dance Gavin Dance have really kind of... They, they're still post-hardcore, but they feel like they're maybe like 60% pop, 40% post-hardcore. This feels mm. like it's got that more old-school grit to it. And the groove and funk on this is just, like, undeniable. <laughs> like, I love the hip-hop influences. I think everything, like, before the minute mark is really good. Once that first chorus hits, it's over. I'm, like, shaking ass in the living room. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> It's so good. This is easily my favorite Royal Coda song, um, and I'm really excited for this album. I was, like, okay with Compassion when it dropped in uh, 2019. This, I am very excited for this. I think Okay, that like has me tracks. cautiously optimistic now, because I enjoyed this a lot more than I expected to. Me too. I have, this is my I've first exposure you, to this I've band. heard I've you say Kurt Travis so many times that I've never heard the dude sing before, but this is really good. I really liked this, actually. And I definitely think I'm going to be listening to that album when it drops. Yeah, it's... But it's, you have to be cautiously optimistic by you saying good. this is, like, their your favorite song of theirs by, like, quite a bit. And now I'm scared that I'm probably not going to like the album as much. I will say, I think like this, this sounds more... This and Screen Time Overload both sound more like they lean towards post-hardcore rather than like Swancore itself. Like Jacob said, it feels like Will Swan, he's still doing a lot, but it's not as like prominent mm -hmm. as it is in Dance Gavin Dance. So I think you'll like it hopefully a lot more because this does sound tuned back in that regard as well, more so than Compassion. This also has one significant advantage over Dance Gavin Dance, and that is a lack of John Mess vocals. Give it up! <laughs> That's rude. <laughs> like a John Mess. You, well, you know, you could get your wish, kind of not really, because Kurt Travis could be coming back as the vocalist of Dance Gavin Dance. We hmm. don't know. That could be. I I like. Well, to that doesn't. That doesn't. That, John Mess will still be a part of Dance Gavin Dance, and that significantly weakened. Yeah, I know, but maybe maybe all he needed was Kurt Travis. Maybe the real John Mess was the Kurt Travis that we made along the way. You know, like. <laughs> you so, like... so you're saying Royal Coda was a training arc? <laughs> yes. Yes. <Okay>. Exactly. <laughs> We'll see, but no, I, I really love this. I'm stupidly excited for this album. Screen Time Overload is really good, too. I just think this one is the better single of the two, so that's why I picked it. And I'm really, really, really excited to see what they've got in store. Shout out Royal Coda. Jacob, how about this next one? Uh, uh, This is the song that got stuck in my head before I even heard it. Well, heard <laughs> it on Spotify, anyways. Uh, Bring Me the Horizon have released their newest single, Strangers. 
Unlike the chorus of this song, we are not a room full of strangers. True. We actually know um, each other. To, to most people, we are. But, um, I made a funny strange. joke. I have never been so disappointed with a fantastic song. Hey, same. What? Okay, good. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a way to phrase it. Yeah, and I think my... I just want to get this out of the way, because, Jacob, I know you like it, and I want to also say my praises for it, because I think it is really, really well done, and I didn't really expect Bring Me the Horizon to go, like... I thought maybe they'd go pop-punk with, like, Die For You, and that was the direction. This is, like, really Bring Me the Horizon gone pop-punk, and I think it's done really well. Um, I think my main thing is that I expect... After how good and creative Post-Human was, and how much bands copied stuff like Sempaternal or That's the Spirit, or even, like, some of the stuff off of Ammo, I always expect Bring Me the Horizon to be trendsetters for a sound, and instead, this feels like they're doing something that other bands already are. So I'm a little more disappointed with it than that's, I wanted to be. That's, yeah, that's, that's fair. I'll, I'll give that to Because I think it's a good song. It's super catchy. I really enjoy it. It just, it's lacking that bring me the horizon touch that even if I don't love something like that's the spirit, it's like, I hear a bring me the horizon song and I think, okay, I can hear the way this influence other bands or the way it's going to. And then I hear something like this and I'm like, eh. You know, this doesn't feel like the same level as a band that put out something like Kingslayer, you know? Yeah, I, I'm feeling the same way. It's just like, I'm I'm more kind of uh, bring me when they do songs like One by One or Parasite Eve, which was like one of my favorite songs in 2020. And this just seems like it's blending more into the genre that Ari has. A really hard time making unique music mm. and it kind of leads me just being like well where where is what you used to be now i'm nervous about this next song we're talking about <laughs> <laughs> i think this song is good but i think die for you did it better yeah, i think that's kind of my better yes that's yeah. that's a fair take. I like I don't mind Bring Me the Horizon doing pop punk. Like they're still good at it. It's not like trendsetter Bring Me the Horizon, but it's still good. But this feels it almost feels a little too like monotone in the way the chorus does. Like the chorus of Die for You comes in, it's just super high energy and it's punchy, whereas this feels a lot more kinda like kinda like a wave, but like a very flat wave. Like mm-hmm. monotone. I feel I will like say, uh, listening to this let me um, made me go back to Wake Up Sunshine from All Time Love. That album was good. Interesting. That album was good. <laughs> I love, I love that album. I think well, we were all generally pretty high on that yeah. album, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like we all just, I gave Jacob the transition for the song, and all three of us were like, "Yeah, we're kind of disappointed with it." And <laughs> Jacob sitting there like, "Oh shit." <laughs> well, you know what? I'm going to argue that I don't think Bringing the Horizon always have to be the trendsetters. No, they don't. No, they don't. And I think this song is... It's not not my favorite Bring Me song. It's not... But it's still catchy. Like I said, I had it stuck in my head before it even came out. Because I heard all these uh, teasers. And the chorus is just stuck in my head. Um... 
Yeah, I think I think, I, I think there's an argument that can be said where it's it's not about being a transcender, it's about you know making a unique product out of a genre that's already kind of diluted. And what would bring me did that with posthuman um coming off of uh anno you know it, it it kind of lessens the steam a little bit that bring me had coming off that ep but no and i think uh, i'm oh, sorry go ahead go ahead i was just gonna say i'm cautiously optimistic because I'll, I'll mention this again later on but i, I feel like there's a trend with like second singles off of upcoming projects that seem to have lesser steam than the first one mm. Yeah, and I guess for me also too, like, and we've talked about it, so I won't like rehash it that much. But that I think that this is definitely going to be one of those songs that when Posthuman Two drops, I'm going to love this. It definitely feels like a song that's a, a victim of its own circumstances in the sense that, like, oh, I listen to a song from this band and I expect differently from this band, so it doesn't quite hit as much for me. I think it's the same sort of thing here. Not to bring me the horizon have gotten any worse. It's just like, I have expectations for the modern sound of this band and this feels very safe. But once I hear it on post-human because it is so catchy and I like it enough, I think those expectations are going to get shattered and I'm going to end up saving it and loving it. It just, as a, as a single, I don't love it, I guess. Outside of the project. But Speaking of European vaguely metalcore bands that have started to make pop punk what, what is this transition <laughs> you know what boy you know what it was a, like, a transition to the band and not the title of the song so i'm okay with that yep well <laughs> electric cowboy <laughs> are back with their new song fuck boy featuring conquer divide Taste it now, you're feening cause you like that. You fuck around, boy, you should know I'm gonna bite. I don't care what they say, cause I need you to stay. Yeah, I want you so bad. Absolutely based as fuck feature. Can we just get that out of the way? Yeah, this like, is like conquer to conquer. I think, yeah, yeah, this is contender for feature of the year. Conquer mm. divide can do no wrong. I think. This feels like a very mean jab, and I don't intend it to be. But without Conquer Divide on this song, I would never listen. I was to it gonna again. say, I was gonna say, I feel like that's a a lot with a, a lot of electric cowboy songs. Yeah, they, except for like needed... we got the moves. That's like yeah, the we we got the moves. Hypa hypa, you know, like those like objectively really fun ones that have more going on to them. I like. It's just like the way that the clean sound. I'm not always a fan of them. But the Conquer Divide feature means yes. that the rest of the cleans here don't matter because the feature is way too damn good. That bridge where she sounds like there's just swagger in her voice. Yes. That's exactly what I was going to bring there's that up too. Of, there's a level of swagger that Kia brings to this song that is so good and so necessary for a song like Fuckboy. This oh, album art is so funny. <laughs> yeah. I had a double take the first time I saw it. I was like, what? I just realized what it was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I think that, oh, oh, you know, I, it's yeah. really bad. But you know what I mean? Like that part, it's that's the part above everything else that got stuck in my head with this song. I didn't actually, I didn't know if the Conquer Divide feature could salvage it on the first time I listened to it. But I gave it some space. I came back to it. Damn, is this song good? Yeah. I also really like how it starts as like everyone thinks that I'm just a fuckboy and then Conquer Divide comes in and everyone knows that you're just a fuckboy. <laughs> just like that play on words. Just, I, I don't know. 
It's just a really cool song, really cool dynamic between two bands that I never would have expected to collab. I also like yeah, well, they're on. The... They're going on tour together, but I imagine yeah. that happened uh, after this feature happened. Yeah, yeah, they're on tour. Um, I was gonna say the, like the kind of like. I don't know what to call it, like conversation between Conquer Divide and Electric Cowboy in this song. I love the back and forth. I also forgot to mention that in uh, the pseudo song, actually, the little back and forth. It's not something you see that often, but we, now we have two songs this month. Yeah, right? <laughs> Which I'm fine with. I am always a fan of bands utilizing features to their fullest. Mm. And the, the Electric Cowboy definitely got. I mean, I think the only thing that they could have maybe gotten out of Conquer Divide that they didn't with some harsh vocals, but this song does not need harsh vocals, and I almost yeah, think no. that would make it worse. Yeah. So. Yeah. Alrighty. Termina are back with a single. I don't know if it's attached to anything or planned to be. I don't think so, but called Translucent. So this Somebody got my is... thoughts out of the way real quick. Yeah, yeah, go for it. <laughs> I'm gonna uh, so be the same resident mistake, resident termina not enjoyer here. Uh also resident I don't enjoy Andy Sizek's harsh vocals uh on enjoyer here. Uh and wow, would you look at that? That's like the entire song. <laughs> wow. I yeah, I'm gonna make a really obscure reference here. Okay. Oh god. Okay. Uh do you guys remember, have you guys seen the Scooby-Doo movie where they're like, what? there's a, a virus in the, like, a uh, computer virus that attacks them? No. No? Oh. Yes. The cyber chase one? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yes, yes. That's, yes. That's, From like the mid-2000s? Mid yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That, the way the virus talks in that movie is how Andy Sizzik sounds. What the? <laughs> yeah, no, you've lost me. It's <laughs> I know the movie. It's been too long. It's, it's been about a decade it, like, removed. I was listening Cartoon to the song today, and I was like, what does this remind me of? And then I'm like, wait a minute. Is it that Scooby-Doo movie from way back when? No wait, way. you said Scooby-Doo movie. I was thinking the live action no, one. No, no, no. And I was like, where are you going with this? I'm still <laughs> wondering where you're going with this. <laughs> I said it's a really obscure... So this is their first single where they actually, I think they got outside production done on this. And they also brought in uh, Chris Turner, who's the drummer for Ocean's 8 Alaska on it, rather than programming Ooh. the drums. And quite frankly, if they had this drumming and this production on that last album, it would have been probably the easiest top 10 walk of last year for me. I love this. I think this sounds incredible. This this is Termina Ascended. I think that like their last debut album, if you want to call it like a debut because they've been around for so long type of thing, you know, it almost feels unfair to other bands who are putting out like actual debut it's, albums. It's like know? Rain City Drive putting out a debut album. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but this that felt like a mission statement of here's what Termina is about. This feels like okay, here's what we can do. You know, this is like this is this this is like Termina gone Super Saiyan, right? Like, <laughs> I love this so much. The breakdowns, both of them, all of them are good. Um, the fact that it just keeps getting lower and slower for like no discernible reason other than to be heavy. I saw some people criticizing it. 
I don't care because I, I love when breakdowns go lower and slower for absolutely no discernible reason. It's one of my favorite things that metalcore artists do. Yeah, I, I hope that this is attached to something and there are like nine or ten more songs in the vault with this same quality because if there are, we're looking at like a sleeper Termina top ten album of the year. Uh, and if we're making that argument, we might be looking at uh, sleeper, not so sleeper Termina top or bottom ten album of the year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's how it your was. Friend, your friend reminded me that Termina was my least favorite album of last year. Yeah, whatever. Uh, that's yeah, Nick just doesn't like Canadians. He doesn't like Nick Nocturno. That's what I'm I saying. just simply do not like Andy's harsh vocals. I do not like that style of screaming. It is a simple. It's. You like, like the, how, how cyber, will... the virus? It's just like, in the same way that I just do not like a John Mess harsh vocal, I just do not like an Andy Sizzik harsh vocal, like nine times out of ten. Well, Macari are currently wrapping up the mixing on their second uh, album, so you'll have a whole album of Andy Sizzik cleans to digest, hopefully later yes, this year sir. or maybe next year, so... That can be your that that can be a bottom ten album yep. of the year for me. We can trade. <laughs> Damn. Okay. I guess. Uh, I guess that's how it be. It's okay. You get yours. I get mine. We'll make it. I, happen. I just want to make it clear that I don't hate Termina. It's just not for me, and I forced myself to listen to the album anyway. What when I normally just wouldn't you even despise listen. Termina, and you want Andy uh, okay, to die? Okay. Are you kidding me? All right, Justin, put, take put it away. <laughs> Justin, take it away. Yeah. So I have a theme this month. And the theme is a lot of bands that uh, I mentioned like one time in the podcast suddenly coming back and <laughs> releasing new shit. Uh, we've got Divide the Fall, which I don't think we've talked about on the podcast. We, ta the I, we talked show. about, yeah, we talked about the, um, fake, the concert fake I saw. Love? Yeah, that. And, and I think Fake Love as well. But, if, um, they are out with a new single called Without You. They played this live, I think. At the show? I don't remember, honestly. Maybe I they think <laughs> I, they, they mentioned playing this live. Um, this did. is a really good song. Um, comparing it to Dead Memories, I think a lot of stuff off Dead Memories would actually trump this. This is probably in the latter half of the EP if it were on it. Um, but um, overall, this the song is really good. It's very consistent with the instrumentation. I think the chorus is pretty good and how it picks up and um, just kind of keeps going. I do like the um, lyricism of the chorus. Yes. Um, I don't want I don't want this life wandering aimlessly. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't get into this one. This mm -hmm. is like respectful. This is, the, this is the most disappointed I've been in a divide the fall song Holy since fuck. I heard that Whoa. debut EP. Wow, we're there. Okay. Man, <laughs> the the mixing and production just feels so off to me on this. Uh, the chorus, it feels like I listen to the chorus, and it, it's only when the chorus is done that I'm like, oh, that was that was the chorus. That just wasn't a verse. It just it, there's no punching power for me, and it just falls really flat. Like it's fine, but compared to the amount of punch and the production and mixing that I remember this band having on that EP from 2020, it's just not even comparable to me. Huh. I, I think... Is, is, I'm no, sorry, go, go, go. No, no, no. I've got a dog. Oh, like, okay. you go ahead. 
Oh, I got you. I got you. I got you. <laughs> Jacob's going to go subdue his dog. I'll take over while he's gone. Shut um, up, dog! Oh, shit! <laughs> oh, hell no. <laughs> um, I was going to say, I want to agree with you, Justin, that I like the uh, lyricism here. I think that's definitely the strongest part of this song. I'm still not entirely sold in this band's vocals. I haven't been for as long as, you know, you've introduced them to us. I uh -huh. will say, I disagree with Jake on the production here. I think that the electronic elements in that aspect of the production are very strong, and I love the way they sound. I would agree that there's not necessarily... I don't remember a lot about that 2020 release, so I can't speak to like a difference in punchiness, but there was enough here that I thought that it was fine, and the electronic elements really gave it that boost forward to something that was good. I kind think of, that this, this kind of is on par with like bring you down from that album from the EP. If sure. I compare, I'm going to, I'm going to give that to you because I don't remember it, but I trust <laughs> your, I trust your Fair. opinion and your judgment. Um, I'd say this is a good song. Maybe not a quite so good divide the fall song, but good overall. I feel like the same way Derek said, or Derek talked about the impulsive song. Same like, uh, it's it's really good for oh, what did you even say hard rock yeah it's a, it's like it's like a really good song that i'll probably never listen to again <laughs> yeah yeah it's i think what i have for it was it it was like really solid but it's not amazing yeah like it's the most confident i've been in a good song in a while <laughs> at least to the impulsive this too for that matter i mean maybe not as much so but yeah, there's a lot of elements here that I like. I still, I mean, judging by the fact that I haven't, you know, I don't remember anything about off that last release. I this band has yet to fully sell me, but the the pieces are all there, and I'm hoping they'll come together sooner rather than later. Justin, you have another one of your favorite little bands up next. Let's get to it. We've got Cancer Vice dropping their new single Doomsday, now formally signed to Fixed. Guys, this uh -huh. is what I want bring me to do and bring me not doing it. I'm really glad Cancer Vice is here to fill in the gaps because this is really good. Another enjoyable Cancer Vice song that I did not spend nearly enough time with for whatever reason. It's j just a general theme of the month of July for me is like, it's good. And then I don't listen to it again. You're going to hear that a lot from me this month, unfortunately. To be fair, we did have a lot of albums to get to. Yeah, that too. I need the surprise Dream Demon breakdowns to make their way into Cantervice songs. That was um the machine. Yes. I need it to make its way into this Cantervice song specifically. <laughs> <laughs> because that in the instrumentation on this is fucking unreal, yeah. and I was waiting for some massive breakdown that never really came. I don't know. I, I really enjoy this. I like this better than The Machine. I think that this is probably the strongest Cantervice song to date. I think it's missing that one like big push that could have made it amazing. I, but, th I think um, this is produced by the same producer for a while she sleeps. Really? Don't Huh. Quote me on that. I think that's where... well. Then I don't know what the fuck the producer for While She Sleeps is doing because the production on that album was ass. <laughs> Go to I show think, credits. I'll, 
I'll have to I'll have to double check. Produced but. by Cameron Mazell and Robert Matlock. All right, I'm gonna do some research. Y'all keep Robert, going. Robert Matlock is the vocalist. So okay, all right, Cameron Mazell. Cameron Mazell. Y'all keep going. I'm gonna figure this out. Um, but yeah, I, I would say this is a really good song. Um, again, this is kind of uh fitting that theme of uh second singles quite not as good as the the first ones because the machine uh is definitely still like one of my top songs of that year and it's still a fucking amazing canterbury song um but this is on par with it i would say i i do agree with Derek. i think a breakdown would have probably said this just a little bit better but i don't mind different because then you 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 get stuff that can actually fit well on an album and still, um, you know, not clap it and uh, and actually stand on its own. Oh wow, Cameron Mazell has done so much shit. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, y'all ready for this? Because this is this is an unreal, like, lineup of albums that this dude has produced. Hit us with like a top five. Oh fuck! Um, or numbers, or just all of them, or just numbers all of them. by "Woe Is Me," "End of the World Party" by Icy Stars. Oh, oh yeah, Icy Stars. Uh, I the Hollow, that. as well as um, "Remade in Misery" by Memphis Mayfire. Oh, uh, "Limitless" by Crown the Empire. "Ground Dweller" by Hands Like Houses. What? Oh, they did "Ground Dweller." Uh, oh. he's done every single Woe Is Me thing. He did the debut album from Palisades. He's done like three Sleeping with Sirens albums. Wow. Uh, oh, Night this Life guy's a legend. The Sky, Routine Breathing by Slaves. Okay. So, uh, so they got, those are all very good. He did the Avril Lavigne album. <laughs> Jacob says as he's not gotten to any of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In three I'm years, a, Jacob has listened to all like, those albums. Two of those? Ground dweller, you know, no, three, what? and that debut Palisades album. The, Fuck yeah, that debut. No, the debut, the debut Palisades album is are, uh, different than Mind Games. You've heard Mind Games. The other I one was, the I one, guess, I, like an EP. I, I heard yeah. the one that came before Mind Games. Oh shit! All right, never mind. My bad. But um, yeah, if if this is attached to something, uh, which I think it is, with how close to release the machine, um, we're in for a treat. Yeah. If you know what? Produced by Cameron Mazel. That's what I'm about to say. I'm dedicating this episode to Canterbury and Cameron Mazel. That's what this is. This this one is it's my dedication to him. He didn't die or anything. I just really like all his work. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I don't know how to transition into this next song. No, I got it. Speaking of uh, people I do like, somebody I don't like has put out a new song, uh, <laughs> Beartooth. Ooh. has put out their newest single, Riptide. Good thing you went to not you liking know, and not dead. Wait, come on. This is at least a decent... can't let Caleb Shomo just be happy? This is no. just a decent... This is at least a decent Beartooth song. Every it's song okay. is a decent Beartooth song. No, they're no, all aggressively no, okay. No. There are two good Beartooth songs, and they're clever, and the past is dead. That's it. No. I think this sucks. And it's still I, not the worst song out of the next three right, we talked about. Derek justifying me missing Beartooth. I am disagreeing yeah. this is a good song. Fuck. <laughs> I'm just like... a resident Beartooth hater, I think. No, no that's me. Sorry, guys. Go for it. 
this is like this is better than a lot of that album from last year i think i really like this uh, you you can't yeah. tell me that that line of full of excuses for way too long don't want to sing another hopeless song doesn't hit the heart like do you hear that and you hear like the positivity coming out of caleb's uh vocals I and mean, it's it's just infectious man it's just and it's got the classic Beartooth heavy riffs it's it, it's everything i like about Beartooth, but it has like a positive spin on it and it's one of the few songs this year that i've been able to confidently add to my good vibes playlist i've added a lot more songs to my uh, down the rabbit hole playlist compared to my good vibes i will this say is, this, this is one of the good vibes of the year this doesn't feel like a Beartooth song if I, you I compare agree, it off of anything off of below it does not very, feel like it's a very different but it's still it still sounds like Beartooth but it's different for Beartooth that's yeah, what yeah. I'd say this, this to me feels like they made the chorus of In Between into an entire song it's got yeah. that same sort of upbeat vibe to it I, I was being like halfway facetiously harsh I just with Beartooth for me it's always I either don't like Caleb Shomo's vocals or I don't like the guitar tone and I can never seem to get like both of them to align at the same time and this is where, like, I like the vocals. I just don't like the way that the guitar sounds in it. It feels very one-noted and basic to me. I don't know. I just, something, Beartooth, I've determined, is not for me. I know you're, like, it's a sleeper top ten band for you, Jake. For yeah, me, it's, like, a band, sleeper bottom band ten. Is, like, <laughs> this band is persistently, like, one of the favorite bands that you will never hear me bring up in a conversation that I love Beartooth. <laughs> like, whatever Beartooth, guilty like, pleasure band. Yeah yeah kind of it's like i'll list off like the normandy the written by wolves the score who i don't even like that much anymore grandson i'll list off all those types of bands before i bring up beartooth and even then i'm like do i really like beartooth that much but then i listen to a beartooth song and i'm like hell yeah this is great yeah i i i much prefer songs like clever the past is dead and i feel like this almost hits that same mark it's just that the guitars are really holding it back for me unfortunately and i wish the past they is dead is still their best songs is in my opinion so. number two for me number two uh, anyway, that began my streak of uh, the week that saved July is what I'm calling it. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, literally five in a row. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Broadside have dropped a brand new song called One Last Time. Derek. I'm gonna go ahead and get my thoughts out of the way. Okay. This is good. That's not Derek. Don't have much mel I don't have much else to say on it. I okay. think it's just a really good broadside song. Derek, I know you've been a fan of broadside for a while, and I haven't mm -hmm. heard your take on this song since it dropped. Because I didn't listen to it till today. <laughs> my official take is that as much as I loved Into the Raging Sea, I think this clears most of that album. I think yeah. this is really, really good. I think this is maybe better than everything off that album besides oh. The Setting Sun and that's, Burning. That's exactly where it's. Okay. I was okay. going to say, it's better than everything other than The Setting Sun. And I could maybe even argue it being better than The Setting Sun, and this is my favorite broadside song now. Ooh, no, I don't know about favorite broad. I don't even think this makes I... it my top five favorite broadside songs. <laughs> I have a question. I have a question. Yes, yeah. go. Um... So my only, uh, what is it, experience with Broadside is Into the Raging Sea. Yeah. Is this what they sound like before? Or... Closer to it. Closer to it. I yeah. mean, I, 
I personally, I don't think they've changed their sound much in the past three albums. I think they all sound very much alike. They've all got their different nuances, but if you like one album, you're going to like the other two. Hmm. Old Bones is much more pop punk leaning into punk. Paradise is much more pop punk leaning into pop. Or almost maybe even a post-hardcore-ish at times. Because my favorite broadside song is Laps Around a Picture Frame and it's not particularly close and that shit slaps. Interesting. I think Paradise is their best album by far. And this, I think this, honestly, if I had to pick an album for this to fit in on, it would be, it would be Paradise. And I think that's part of why I like it so much. I love, you know, Jake was talking about the positivity with Beartooth. I think this nails that. And I, I also really enjoy the message of it too. in that same vein of like appreciating what you have in the present rather than looking yeah. back and I think, realizing you spent your life wanting more and never appreciated what was there when you had it, you know? I think the, the outro of this chorus is one of the best hooks I have heard all year, and it's not particularly close. That back when we wanted it, back back when we wanted it, is so goddamn punchy, and it stuck in my head immediately. Like, I was dancing along to that, like, within my first listen. Like, I had to hear the chorus once, and I was like, I, I hear that back, and I'm like, okay, I already know what's coming next. Like, it's infectious how catchy this song is. How many times even more so than Jake said infectious today? That's the second time I've heard. I don't know. So now there, there's the follow up question: Has he said it more than you've listened to infectious? No, definitely not. (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh, All that to say that this is uh, one of my favorite broadside songs and a really big surprise for me, given that I didn't love Into the Raging Sea. I just thought it was a solid album with a few really good songs. Uh, very happy for this as their comeback and more optimistic about them than I was in the past. Which takes us to my next song for the month. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so Architects have announced a brand new album and dropped a brand new song to go along with it called Tear Gas. It's- And I'm not going to tell you what the name of the album is because it's long as fuck, and I don't remember it's, it. So. It's in the it's in the the, uh, the thumbnail. I, but I can't it, read I it. it. <laughs> it's, it's so small. small. Oh, oh god, I can't read it either. All right, hold on. I'm going to there about me. Uh, the classic uh, symptoms of a broken spirit. Okay, okay yeah, there it is. Sure. That is. Uh, so anyway, my take on the song is that uh, it's Animals 2.0, but I don't give a fuck. Is it Animals? 2.0? Is that good or bad? Like you what? don't. You, Okay. Hmm. So I'm a I little, love animals. I will gladly take another version. I'm a of little that song. conflicted because I was I have a ticket to the well it was supposed to be the for those who wish to exist tour, but it got rescheduled. And now they have another album coming out in October and I'm seeing them in September. So am I just not gonna see all these for those who wish to exist or are we gonna I don't know, whatever. I wanna see for for those God, this album Fucking long ass names. As for those to want, for that those wish to exist. to exist, I'm not gonna. I want to hear those songs. You, you missing the holy hell era? No. Yeah, okay. Was, yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm just gonna be completely, completely honest. And this is a hot take. I know this is a hot take. I don't think that architects have a single good song before for those who wish to exist. Wait, what Similarly, about the song? No, God no. I think this might be the worst architect song I've ever heard. Okay. <laughs> I I wouldn't go I, that far, but it's uh, it's definitely 
It feels like they're just sh- like this seems too soon for uh, another album. Yeah, and I don't think it would be so bad if the material felt more inspired. Yeah. But I'm looking at a chorus like hold on, I had the lyrics pulled up. I don't know where they went. Architects tear gas. Yeah, let me look at this chorus real quick. Anything is possible, we could be unstoppable. That's a that's a bear tooth line. That's not an architect's line. That's a score line. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? Yeah, that's a good that's an Imagine Dragons line, is what that is. (laughs) Like I I get that they want to keep things rolling, but I I think architects for me are a product of everybody ripped off um holy hell and like all our gods have abandoned us and like everybody, oh the architects riff. And it's the same reason why I don't like That's a Spirit by Bring Me the Horizon, where it's just like, I came into it late, so I've heard the versions that ripped off these, and I feel like they did it better, so I don't appreciate the old version as much. Ooh. And For Those Who Wish to Exist was my album of the year for a while last year, and it made its way, I think, into my number 11 or number 12 spot um, come the end of the year. And I didn't like whatever song came up before this, and this just feels so bland and uninspired and like... I, I don't get it. I this this to me, even as somebody who doesn't like architects that much, I couldn't I, I couldn't see the oh they sold out of the last album. This to me feels like they sold out. This yeah, I, I this feels like it's something any other band could have made, which feels lazy almost for a band that even if I don't like their older material, I know this band is talented as hell. And I, oh god, I'm gonna get eviscerated for not remembering his name. Sam. Who was their band member that died? Tom. Tom is Tom right? Apparently, he did most of the songwriting. Yep. And I feel like it shows with this song, hmm. in the sense that they've lost that big part of them, and now they're putting out something that doesn't feel like very strong material at all. I can't get behind this. I tried. I tried with that bouncy ass animals riff, and it just everything sounds so mediocre to me i can't get behind it i i thought that i'd be excited for future architects material after how much i love for those who wish to exist compared to their older stuff but now i'm left feeling ambivalent again it feels like i'm scared that i'm falling into the same trap of the last album where i really liked all the singles leading into the album and then i only like half of the album because it's literally the same trajectory i really liked when we were young and i really liked tear gas and i'm like oh god please don't happen again Maybe this yeah. is the time. I don't know. Like I, I get this isn't the most original thing in the world, but I kind of it. This song makes my ears happy. I enjoy. <laughs> I can appreciate that statement. This, this can... song, this song goes through my ears, and I'm like, hell yeah, I'm having a fun time, and I don't really care if it's original or not. Like I don't know. I get it, but to me, it it doesn't bother me, and I enjoy this song. So, seems like most of us have bad things to say about this architect song but i think we have some good things to say about this <laughs> i prevail song called bad things that's the best transition you've ever done thank you i just slow clap for you in my head I want you to know that. <laughs> now we gotta say good things Fellas. Or else it's not a good transition.
I am even more scared about this album. <laughs> are you serious? Oh, I, already, I, already know, I already know what it's going to be like. I'm, I'm only going to like this song and maybe two others, and then I'm not going to yeah. like the rest of the album. Oh, God. Please. I have never wanted to like an album more based off of singles than this one. I do not want this to fall into the same trap that Trauma was, where Bow Down was so incredible, and then it just lets me down in the back half. You're tripping. The entirety of Trauma is phenomenal. You've lost me. Bro, th this band has me more convinced than I've ever been with Body Bag into Bad Things. All right. And I looked at the track list for this album, and I don't know if you guys have seen the track list, but some of those songs, like, you read the songs off a track list, and sometimes you just know that yep. album's going to fuck. Yep. This, this album sounds like times. it's going to fuck. Yeah. I'm looking at fuck what you think you know, and I'm like, oh yeah, this this is the one. <laughs> I look I look at Judgment Day and Doomed. I'm pretty sure Doomed is one of the tracks, right? Or something it's like that. Yeah, I, I looked at like yesterday. Um, <laughs> Man. So I think it's fair to say all of us had a very special first experience with this song. Yeah. The, this song yes. Actually, you just reminded like, me what happened. Yeah. Like, we all listened to this song for the first time, and I feel like we all subconsciously had to, like, blink a few times to be like, did we just hear what we just heard? Mm-hmm. Because holy fucking shit, no song has made me sit my ass down and listen to music so intently like this since, like, March, when Conquer Divide dropped Atonement. So... I Yeah, go, 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 go. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. <laughs> um, this is my favorite song of the month. I'm just gonna put it out there. Ooh. Uh, is, yeah, same actually. It is, wait, 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 it is favorite favorite song in general or favorite single? Favorite single. Uh, it, it's favorite my favorite song. song period. Favorite, favorite song. song period. And, wow. uh, and this, I think there's only one other song that even comes close in this 150 song playlist. This should have been the lead single. I can see it. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I think this does a better job showcasing Brian's vocals. And I'm going to be honest, I think I'm willing to put Brian in a top three clean vocalist in the scene right now. Ooh. I'm going to go you know that what? I, I can't go that far, I don't think, but like, up what there. I think is impressive is we've had two songs now, and in each song, both vocalists have rapped. Yeah. This band has versatility, and it's worked really yeah, well. It time. sounds so yeah. good. I, I well, that was uh, one of the lyrics that Eric rapped in the song. It's like praying for rain when you're already drowning. You're already yes. drowning. Yeah, and then it changes to it's like praying for change, but I never found it. No, I never found it. I really appreciated that lyric, and I also the chorus is just absolutely fantastic. As you said, Brian just nails his clean vocals, and it's like one of the best in the game right now. I want to take a moment though to talk about the breakdown. And more specifically, the build-up to the breakdown. The, the riff. Yeah. <laughs> because, Derek, yeah. you, were, you were there for the premiere of the music video, right? Yeah. So yeah. You're, you're, you're watching that music video, and it's going, and the screen just goes red. Uh, I, I sat <laughs> my ass down. <laughs> I, 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 in my head, I went, oh, fuck, they're doing it. Yep. And they just kept on doing it. Like, you think it's going to pop, and then they just they do a second build-up, and it's like, oh, fuck, they're actually doing it. And 
All things said, it's not the craziest breakdown I've ever heard. It's not a closer to the edge by Anna Lynn or something like that. But goddamn if that breakdown isn't bouncy and punchy as fuck. And that slight, like, dropout that they do halfway through, where they do, like, an O-O, mm-hmm. it's just incredible. I will say I, that. Oh, no, 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 Google. I have not felt... This is not one of my, like, top two, top three songs of the year. But I have not felt this confident about this being, like, in contention for a top ten song of the year since Atonement came out. In the same way where last year, again and again by Against the Current release, and I'm like, this is going to be in my top ten songs of the year. It it only made number eight, but I knew it was going to make that list. I think I'm in a similar situation with this song, where this feels like it's a lock for that discussion for me. Loved this from like first listen, but my main two gripes that the first were that I felt that the breakdown came kind of like it felt like it was kind of plastered onto the song in a sense, and I also felt that the vocals and the chorus were maybe a little too muffled. But the more that I listened to the song and the lyrics and like felt myself relating to it, that I appreciated the way that the kind of softer, muffled delivery on the chorus hit especially on the part where it's like I push away the people that I love the most addicted to the feeling and the chemicals, the way that that sounds and like the softness of it, I love it. And I think that the breakdown, even if it does feel maybe a little bit out of place compared to the rest of the song, it kind of, it's a little jarring. I feel like the first time you hear it, that that distinctive, like up and down feeling that the song has through the lyricism means that that kind of abrupt breakdown works I guess, like, in the context of the song, the more that I listened to it, the more I grew to appreciate it, and I'm, yeah, I love this. This is probably a top five I prevail song for me, if not top easily. three. Easily, yeah. Yeah. E- yeah, easily top five. It good. Okay. That's about what I was expecting. I knew it. I thought so. <laughs> you guys literally said everything I was going to say, so it's like, what else to say but it good. I'm glad we've all we've all found something that we can agree on here. <laughs> it took us what twelve songs? We all get on the same page. Yeah, yeah. we agree yeah. on bad things. That's dangerous. Bad things full of good things. <laughs> anyway, Rivals have put out another brand new song called "Dangerous." So we, a, we got to have some insight on the yeah. song. <laughs> this is a slapper. I think, speaking of, like, songs that are top five for a band that I like, I think this might be entering into contention for a top five rival song for me. I can't go that far. I kind of like the rest of their material a little too much. <laughs> but this song's still really good. And that final chorus at the end where Kaylee just goes nuts with her vocals is just incredible. Like... I I would be hard pressed to find another moment in a rival song to show you like the amount of talent that she has as a vocalist. Like yeah, I might like other songs more, but I think this is one of like the most impressive songs, instrumentally and vocally that they have done. Yeah, this is the a creativity. Standard. Yeah, th- there's so much creativity across the board from like how they balance the instrumentation with the vocals and the melody, and it all comes together in a really fun package. I like this a heck of a lot more than Dark Matter. I wanted to say that too. I wasn't like, I enjoyed Dark Matter. I wasn't super feeling it. I think that this is a step in the right direction. Absolutely. I think the insight that this is about a threesome really changed my perspective on this song a lot. <laughs> Yo, where's the pterodactyl song? That's what I'm saying. I was, I was half expecting there to be a post-production like pterodactyl. 
<laughs> fucking screaming it, you know. But no, I I love the melody in this. I think the slaps. This is I'm trying to think, is this a top five? Ever since I said it, I've been pondering it and thinking about it, and maybe it's not. But if it's not, it's close. And either way, I'm hoping that, like, because they've seen a lot of success with, with Dark Matter, and I'm hoping that this song finds that same level of success. Like, I, I just want Rivals to blow up. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. Like, I, <laughs> I think at this point, even if I didn't like Dark Matter as much, the quality of everything they've been putting out, like, this band deserves to be... The next level. This band yeah. has commanded my attention from them since I discovered them in 2019, and that has not stopped. Yeah, a band that put out a song, or not a song, an album with songs as good as Sad Looks Pretty on Me was, like that album as a whole, there's no way they should only be a Or even going back to Damn Soul as an album having songs like Moonlit and Damn Soul, the title track, or yeah. Tuwewa even, is like just. This band is. Their their numbers are going up, but they are still underrated. They stay mm-hmm. being underrated. Do not sleep on this band. You are missing out if you haven't done yourself the service of listening to this song. Sad looks pretty on me. Damn soul. I think sad looks pretty on me is their best work overall at this point. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I, there's a place to start. It's that, but eh, no, you should start with our after hours episode with them. True. Yes. Start with that. Then listen to this song. Get the insight, and then go back to sad looks. Learn about pterodactyls. Learn about pterodactyls. Yep. I mean, that's just regular. You get that at every episode, honestly. Yeah, exactly. But if you want to reinforce it. <laughs> Justin, you got any thoughts? It good. <laughs> All right. I, I like it. Soundboard at this point. Yep. He's not even um, here. Do <laughs> you have anything else to add, Jacob? I feel like no, you no, no. I will say this is. This is one of my favorite rival songs, yeah, and it has cool. gotten me to go uh, listen to Sad Looks Pretty on Me. And I don't know if it's just after our talk with uh, with uh, Kaylee or um, the some of the teasers she's done on Instagram. But man, I Fake Rich has been in my constant repeat. Yes, sir. Um, that song is so fucking good. Oh, it's so good. Uh, and now for a momentary break in my week that saved July for a Justin song. This makes me so sad. Uh, we've got um, another band coming back after a little bit of time. We've got Leave, period, with their song <laughs> Phantom. I will say that I've grown to like this song more than I did initially, simply by it following, uh, simply by it being the sixth song in my playlist after five of my favorite songs of the month. So I would just let those previous five singles all run in a rotation, it's, and then this song, and then this song would just be there, and I'd just sometimes let it roll through. It's and, guilty by association. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My noise gate can't pick up my sigh. It's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> this is a this is a good song. It's not my favorite thing I've heard from them. I still think Absence is their best song, and they haven't really come close. But it's. An I would enjoyable say one. I would say it's a tie between Abyss and Aurelia. I'd say the song is also not one of their best, but um, the, it's it's got a really good kind of slow almost almost like the you know it's like. 60s or 70s movies like kind of black and white where it's um the like old timey you're on a stage with like 
one of the very retro microphones. Mm. That's kind of what the the vibe I'm getting from. Or um, it's that one Panic of the Disco uh, video. Oh. Uh, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Is it Victorious? No. Um, I can picture the video death, in my head. Death of the Bachelor. Yes. Okay. Yes. Death of the Bachelor. Yeah. It's basically that, but an entire song. And then you get a fucking out of nowhere electronic breakdown. Yeah. What is it with you and like giving us post hardcore songs that have breakdowns out of nowhere? Like, what? I don't fucking know if it's where I find them. I heard it and I'm like, damn it. It's another one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But I-, I would say if they incorporate that and maybe um, alter the. Um, I think they need a little bit of variance in their vo- in the vocals to kind of set them apart because otherwise I think they kind of blend in together. Um, right now I-, I would say they're doing pretty good work. Um, I want to see what's after Phantom though. Yeah, I think this band is just like consistently putting out good material right now. They aren't blowing me away with anything, but they're a band to keep your eye on as someone that could grow into something bigger. Like, I think this band could be competing with like a Caskets. Like, they they have that very post-hardcore formula, but I think with like a bit more refined production and a wider vocal range and more punchy instrumentation, leaning even further into like the heavier side of post-hardcore, I think this band could be something. Uh, special i would say pump up the vocals a little bit more and you basically get soft spoken 2.0 because this is very similar to soft spoken at least um like bones but bones had pretty heavier vocals i want to move on to this uh take it back we're done with our momentary break in the week that saved july in my opinion uh because we're back on the hot milk hype train uh they have released the final single before their new ep drops uh, the song is called I Fell in Love with Someone That I Shouldn't Have. Facts. And, uh... <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. Uh, very relatable for a lot of people, I would assume. Uh, I've never been in a relationship, so can't tell. But, uh... This is Hot Milk leaning into their punkier side once again. And I think it works. This song feels a lot more... It doesn't blend in with the other two. I feel like Bad Influence and um, Teenage Runaways, I think those two songs felt very similar structurally and melody-wise. But this feels very unique, and I think it's definitely a standout in their discography of just a Hot Milk song. Like, this is a quintessential Hot Milk song. Like... Even more so than, than those last two, which ha- felt very much traditional pop punk, hot milk style. I think the way the song builds in particular screams a lot of punk. And the chorus is, it's a bit of an untraditional chorus, and I think that's part of what I like about it so much. Um, but with all that being said, this EP is already falling a bit flat in comparison to the I Just Want to Know What Happens When I'm Dead EP from last yeah. year. It's just not hitting those same notes unfortunately it, it's not reaching the same highs that like a split personality had for me there the wow factor isn't there as much as it was in the past yeah i've um i've always felt i've, I've been waiting for a hot milk song that they didn't take off of spotify because there was that one they did take off that i loved and i don't know where it went 
Um, but besides that, I felt that every single Hot Milk song has been good or great. And, you know, I've still been waiting for that one to sell me. But overall, I felt like this is a band that can consistently deliver something great. Mm. And I think this is the first time I'm going to talk about a Hot Milk song and say it's just okay. Like, I don't love the delivery. Not, not, not the, the wording for this podcast. You'd say it's fine. My bad. Shit. You're right. Fuck. 0.5. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. 7.9. Yeah, you know what? You're right. It's fine. It's fine because I don't love the vocals. I do like the lyricism. It just feels like a very basic song and isn't, it's not quite the same level of what I've come to expect from Hot Milk and the Hot Milk Supremacy hype train. This this question if I was on the train. This is the same band that wrote a masterpiece by the name of Glass Spiders. And the intricate lyricism of that song just does not stack up with a song called I Fell in Someone That I Shouldn't Have. It feels like they're telling you the message instead of like yeah. what they were doing in the past yeah. where it was like create. I don't know. Not to say that this is a bad song because I've listened to it a fair bit, but it is missing something. There's too many long names this month, dude. <laughs> True. We will see if things change with the release of their EP, uh, The King and Queen of Gasoline. Uh, in next month's episode, but I think we should move on to this uh, next Derek song. That is the end of uh, the week that saved July, as far as I'm concerned. So I'm going to pass over the torch to the rest of y'all again. I'm going to go with it. We, we're going to contrast the long song title with a short one. Uh, Not a Toy are back with their new single, Bad Mood. Fault you live for validated, let me show you. Bad habit, energy be sticking like glue. This is, I want to say, a band, but they've declared themselves not a band. Oh, they said they're a group, and they don't want to be. No, they don't. (laughs) They don't want to be labeled a band because they all do like clothing and stuff too. Like they're more of a collective than anything else. It's really interesting, actually. The best they I'm gonna pull their description from their Fearless Records website, and it's if Kanye West and Pharrell Williams joined forces to produce a rock group co-fronted by Jesse Rutherford of the Neighborhood and Lana Del Rey. Um, that was a lot of words. They said there wasn't gonna be a lot of words. Yeah, well, there's a lot of words (laughs) to deal with it. Um, the closest I can describe between this song and that uh, debut album from 2020, um. The closest thing I can describe it to is Lynn and Tours' solo work. Oh, you have, in the you sense, have my attention. <laughs> this band really does. Think of like a withdrawals and how it all felt like it had a cohesive sound, but it was also mm-hmm. simultaneously all over the fucking place. Yeah. And like, that's what this band is. They lit, they do whatever the fuck they want. And I think this it's got the same vibe as Lynn and Tours' solo work. It's got the same variety. It truly feels like a, just a group of talented individuals coming together to just put all their creative juices together and make whatever genre they want. Because they were like, at least if I remember correctly, they were uncleans on that debut album from like last year, or not last year, from 2020. And then now this is more like kind of a sad boy, emo hip hop inspired type of thing. Like I, I can vibe with this, honestly. I, it's not Eric like my Jacob favorite thing. is real. <laughs> It's not my favorite thing, but like maybe I I'll check check them out and see if there's anything I like. Do they have other songs like this, or is what that what you were saying? They, they yes, always... yes, they do have other songs like this. Okay. Uh, the not a toy song. is a it's a debut EP. Um, it was seven songs. 
from 2020 and it is it it really does feel like a landon tours ep if you listen to it you'll see what i mean like that vibe the variety all of it it's i'm just fascinated by in the same way that i know that you're fascinated with like a sleep token type of thing i'm the same way with this this group because it just it truly feels like they're doing whatever they want and they don't give a shit and it's like you know what we're gonna we're gonna turn our band less of a band more into a brand yeah. and just roll with it and i love when artists take creative liberties like that and if the result's something that's as good as bad mood or off that debut ep uh quit quitting um doesn't like restrict you of anything so you just really do whatever the fuck you want yeah exactly artists who aren't um constrained by labels not just like like, like record labels make me very happy because then they can make whatever they want like they're signed to fearless but it feels like they're doing still whatever they want. And I think it's reflected in a lot of their music. And I really enjoy this. I enjoy all their music. I think their discography is like eight songs long, but I think that it's flawless. So eight songs and they're signed to fearless. That's pretty impressive. They were signed before they even dropped their debut song. They like sent a demo over and fearless signed them. I'm pretty sure. Which is ironic because they had a song. um, I think that's about like not being constrained by a label and it's like fuck the label and then they got signed and dropped the ep on the label so that's uh, that's interesting yeah but anyway i'll say i'm really excited for this new era of not a toy i'm hoping it's an album rather than an ep i'm not really sure but we'll see how it goes all right justin okay is he gonna do it is he gonna do it this is where we need the soundboard bro we can hit it and he just goes it's, he's gonna be like it's good it's good was that to me or yeah it was the, yeah, it no, was, the other just no the yeah the other just <laughs> i thought you were talking to talking about jacob it's like, like it's fine no. um <laughs> no i i i liked this it's probably not something that's gonna like fit in my normal rotation but you know what that was okay <laughs> nature's nature's ghosts have released a new single called uh keeper I almost call that Nurture's Ghost. <laughs> I need a moment. <laughs> I thought we were still going on with that discussion, my bad. Yo, Justin is very engaged in this podcast. Oh, I do Justin. not like this album artwork. <laughs> it's, it's uncomfy, isn't yeah. it? It does not fit the song at all. No. I, you know what's funny? No. I love the song. Yeah, this, oh, is yeah this, song. this is my favorite Nature's Ghost song. You're wrong, because Crywolf is off. Okay, the KOE Wolf feature in Crywolf is better, but like... No, you're wrong, because uh, crashing exists. <laughs> Can I just point out, this band almost has 10,000 monthly listeners, and that's far less than what it sounds like they should have? Yeah. This yeah. is this band should be at least pushing like close to six digits. Don't worry, point. guys. Yeah. We have a keen I, I'm eye. I'm gonna call it here. This, this is, is the like next level. One of the. <laughs> this is one of the most high quality new bands that I've introduced to the podcast yeah. this year. I would say. Yeah, no, I just, would agree. Just the the amount of like experience. Um, a- enemy kind of um has this as well, but. Nature's Ghost almost just seems like they're not even trying and just putting out fucking bangers. Um, this feels really, really refined, given that it's only their fourth song. And this is exactly how they sounded with their second song. 
That's how they sounded with their first song too. Like yeah, um, th th this has elements that's kind of very similar to Upside Down, but um, um, this is. I, I feel like every new single is like teasing a part of how of how this band's gonna be. I feel like Crashing, um, ended with like a slow kind of fade that kind of opened up to Crywolf, and Crywolf the last verse chorus. Um, had some underlying uncleans, and then you get in this one where um, it's more um, more high energy. You get a little bit of taste of the cleans and a little bit of a harsher vocals. I really like um, the pace of this song. The pace yeah, is really tempo. good. Yeah. Um, this is probably. Well, I want to. I want to touch on uh, more bands doing clean vocal breakdowns. Yes. <laughs> For real. Yes, Nerve hopped, on, Nerve hopped on that train last month, I think. You or think? maybe that was a few. Maybe that was. I, I forget which song it was, but maybe it was last month. I think it was last month. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, yeah. Nerve I'm hopped on that train. Mind. Now Nature's Ghost are on that train. Keep it up. More Queen vocal breakdowns make my heart happy. It is is a very very good thing. And this band, I need an album yesterday. If I'll be honest. Give me a debut hope... EP so I have... I, I, Give me a I, debut I, album. No, I, I need an EP from this band so I can actually round out a top 10 EP as well. Yeah, I can do a top 5 and that'll be fine, but... <laughs> uh, another band that I feel like just needs to fucking drop an album with how, how similar the uh, album arts are. Isotopes. With their new song, I'm Sorry I Have to Leave You, with Clara Fable as a feature. I love the breakdown of this song. Yes, it's so Great. good. <laughs> the little, the little so simple good. electronic thing that they add. Oh, it's, it's so... It's like again, where the fuck did this come from? <laughs> it's like reminiscent of Mind Games era Palisades, almost. Like there's a hint of it. It's not like that, but like just that little bit of electronic is something that I feel like I would have heard in that era, and I haven't heard it in anything else in like a long fucking time. And you it's said really that. Cool. I, I didn't think of the parallels, but it, it's got a parallels to um, cool. Was it hot? Hot Water, Cold Blood? That song from the Palisades album? No idea. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I just recently listened to the album. That's why I, I, that thought came to my mind. Um, I, I would still say Die Alone is my favorite I Stub song just because the message. Um, this song is good and you know very repeatable. Not as repeatable as the song as it's a keeper uh, from Nature's Ghost was. Um... But this is still one of the top songs of the month, which is how great it was. I will say though, I feel like the feature yeah. could have done more. Here we're going with this, yeah. Yeah. If it just the feature comes in on the fade out, it's just really weird. And like it's for only, a song it, with it, a message only... of I'm sorry I have to leave you. Like I like the plan like yeah. <laughs> they the man and woman are like saying, I'm sorry I have to leave you, like back and forth to one another. But you're saving that for when the song's just fading out, losing energy. It just feels like a really weird placement of a good feature. There's like I missed like, opportunity here. I feel like you could have done more. Maybe like do like a clash of sort of, of vocals, just like with um 
I think the vocalist's name is also Justin with with his vocals and go to the female vocal like leading up to the the breakdown and the the uncleans part. I feel like that would have made a better song structure, but I don't I think the message I, well, no. I think the song structure may have had to be altered, but I think a me- a better message would have been set. I'm not I'm not sure how you would have been able to change it to make this song similar to how it is now, but um I, I just feel like the the feature could have had more impact on the on the single and that's that's kind of a disappointment. But overall this was a really good song. I have a theory. What's your theory? I feel like this feature is gonna be on the song that comes after this as well. Oh, just because it was so close to the end? Yeah. Hmm. That'd be plausible. I would like well, that a lot. We're three singles in with the same art, and each one is to a different quadrant. Like, you've got the top left with uh, WY, WFM, and then top right with Dial This is in the bottom left. So I think we're going to get one more single that's in the bottom right before an album. I really I like the art, it. honestly. I like, like the Yeah, the it's style. a really nice art. Style. Yeah. You know what else has some really nice style? This new Philippians song called Neurotica. Oh boy. Well, if you just do things with instruments sometimes, and that's just how it is. They do very good things with instruments. <laughs> this this song has my favorite instrumentation of the month. Let's go. You know what this reminded me a lot of was like, well, a kind of like a video game soundtrack at points, almost like something I'd hear in like the area of a Kirby game. Yeah. But also like y'all remember that era of like Monster Cat in 2015, 2016, yes. everybody and their mother was making like bubblegum future bass. Yep. That is exactly what that <laughs> reminds me of. That like yeah, a Kawaii this, this future reminds bass. Me, what it's this called, reminds me like, like I want to say like glitch hop kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man. I this band makes like they convey melodies so convincingly that they can keep me more interested and engaged than a lot of bands can do with vocals. <laughs> like I'm always so blown away by just how talented each member of this band is, how listenable all these songs are given the fact that there's never any vocals in them like it it almost feels like the instruments are the vocals and then transcend the need for vocals. It's like we're just as good as all these other bands and then we're also better. <laughs> like, I just I the fact that four so individually talented people exist is unfair, let alone to put them all in the same band together. <laughs> like it feels like Polyphia at this point. I'm there aren't very many bands that I can say are like four, five, six albums deep and have a flawless discography, but I think it's safe to say that, at least for me, Polyphia do, just by virtue of how strong they started off. Like, that debut album is like a, what? I'd say probably an eight and a half, at least on ten, and then you get to this, and it's just like, wow. What's that in Canadian? What? What's that in Canadian? (laughs) (laughs) That's a nine or a ten Canadian rating. Oh, man. No, I... It always amazes me that, because I remember when New New Levels, New Devils came out, and I listened to it, and I was like, 
how could this band possibly get any better with how good this instrumentation is? And then we get to this in playing God and it's better. I'm like, how can somebody so good at playing their instruments still get better and create new stuff? Like he is just a creative force. Where is the ceiling? It's we gone. Don't know there is no ceiling. There is no ceiling. We're, we're in an outdoor venue, Jake. Hmm? We're in an outdoor venue. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, both are probably going to be playing outdoor venues, right? Yeah. And if they're not, then they should. I had the pleasure of seeing them live, and it's just incredible. The energy that they can command without vocals is... I've never seen a band create a pit without vocals before, but by God, they've done it. Yeah, just, oh, every, like you said, every other band's floor or every other band's ceiling feels like Polyphia's floor at this point. Like, they're just a force to be reckoned with. This is phenomenal. Not necessarily as maybe technically impressive as Playing God was, but equally as listenable, if not more so. Speaking of bands that are doing really, really good things, uh, Archers are back with their new song, Bitter. Let's go. I was excited to hear what you what you uh, thought of the song. I'm going to be honest. I think this is my favorite Archer song. Same. I would agree. Okay, I would say ma Making Eyes is a close second, but yeah. this is way better than Blanket Fort. Blanket Fort, I've I never really not remember. Archers that much, but I remember I enjoyed this a lot more than I expected to on first listen. I kind of never really went back to it but it could. this has got a really good vibe to it and then the fucking unclean just come out of nowhere because that's the theme during this month yep. apparently yep. and the leading into the second chorus with the uncleans and the cleans just matching on pace together and then the the chorus itself is also just really good. It's got a really good melody to it. Mm. Honestly, I don't have much more to say about this song. Yeah, it's just it's, it's just like really good, and um, it, it's it's a hard song to explain too. It's just like I don't know. It's it, it's one of those things. It's just. You need to listen to it to kind of understand, but yeah, and it's not even that it's necessarily like an experience type of thing, it's just it's so good in every aspect that you can't do it justice by explaining it, you know. At least that's how I feel about it, you know. I don't know, this is archers at their best, I think. This is the best archers, and I am excited for more. I, I think this might be attached to something, please, God. maybe an album. That's going to give me a couple songs to really enjoy off of this. I, I don't think this band's ever sounded better. And this was really... I'm, I'm hitting my my designated line for for the episode that I was really pleasantly surprised with this because I've enjoyed... I said I've, it. <laughs> the thing. I said, I've enjoyed all the other Archer songs, but this is the first time that I've really been like wowed by an Archer song and then like left consistently wanting to go back to it type of thing, you know? Like I've enjoyed them all on first listen, but this one is I've I've got a feeling that this one's gonna keep growing on me. This next Dang song's it. fucking me up, bro. Like looking at it in the playlist next to it, I keep confusing them. Like the the names are quite like the band names are similar enough that band I'm looking back and forth. The song title names both start with B. Yeah, we've exactly. got Acres, 
with their new song Burning Throne, definitely off of an upcoming album. I want to start this one off by saying that I forget when I was introduced to Acres, but it, it was at least over a year ago, maybe even two years ago, and I still never listened to that debut album. So this finally you forced should. me to actually listen to this band for the first time, and it's fine. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for coming on the podcast, Jake. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Um, honestly, I kind of echo that, but I do want to, I do appreciate the chorus um as well as the instrumentation leading into the breakdown i feel like the breakdown is probably the best part of this song yeah i i want to say like overall that i think that lonely world in general was just stronger than this is which uh... The title track off that album is still my favorite. Archer, or, uh, fuck. Yeah, yeah I see. <laughs> <laughs> Derek. Um, it's still my favorite Acres song. But this, uh, when they were teasing it, this did have like a, a number one in the, uh, in the art they were using to tease it. So I, I think this is definitely off of something. So. All right. I have a question for Jake and Justin yes. and Derek, but mainly Jake. Mm-hmm. I. When I hear the song instrumentally at the start, I get very um I guess it's the name as well, but the the vibe I get is sophomore bad omens album. I kinda see it. I kinda see it. It's in their like mixing of it. Yeah, least. and the uh yeah. I definitely Those. see it in the mixing, because the mixing feels a little off and I think that's why I didn't love uh, Finding God Before God Finds Me. I mean, it was in my top 10 albums of that year. Just call it sophomore <laughs> <album>. <laughs> I, I didn't love the album at all, but uh, some songs carry it. Um, but I definitely think there's similarities in like the mixing. doesn't feel super polished to me. It feels very raw. Mm. And I think that's just like a taste that you have to kind of adjust to for this song. Maybe this band's discography. I don't really know. I haven't listened to that album, as I said. But, no, it, uh, it's definitely something you get used to because there's a similar sound off of Lone in the World, okay, which is yeah. a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah. Like, it's a good song, but it's not clicking with me immediately. It's not getting stuck in my head in the way that I kind of was, like, expecting myself to with, like, all the things that I've heard about this band from you guys. All right. Hey, are we entering the hey, Jacob hey. section? Yes, the Jacob section. Go for it, Jacob. All right, a day to remember have released their new single, Miracle. Fellas? This is pretty good. This is better than anything. Anything Mm. on that last album. Mm. No. Nah, you're it's wrong. not as good as Resentment, but it's probably a close second. This, no, mm, no, I don't agree with that. I think that this song is what Resentment wishes it could be. That's my take. All right, on then it. what I the heck my, is better? Mind Reader. <laughs> mind Reader. Uh, 
Okay, that's probably number three. That's okay. Me, so, yeah. you I, know what? It's one of the better songs in that album, so I'll give it to you. But I think that like this better. is objectively a better song than Mind Reader. I just like I've got some memories associated with Mind Reader that like you know, it's it's my bias. It's my personal bias. I'm gonna be honest. If we take that personal bias out of the way, this is the best a day to remember song. Period. Ever. Ever created. I don't care about sometimes Mr. you're the nail. Sometimes you're the nails exists. Mm -hmm. I haven't heard anything from this band pre uh resentment. So uh You've heard you've heard Mr. Highway. <laughs> I, I've, I, I would have to listen to it. I might not have genuinely. I know Jake, the, Jake, does the, the call out the, of disrespect your surroundings? Oh, yeah, I, I know that part, but nothing else. <laughs> I know that part, but I don't know the rest of the song. The rest of the song is foreign to me. I still, every time I think about this band, I think about the picture of him with a fucking mask on. It just says, disinfect your surroundings. No. <laughs> can I, uh, can I disappoint you guys? No, like, oh, okay. no, you can't. No, you can't. Okay. Him. <laughs> shut him up. Right, shut him up. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I'm kind of on the fence with this. It's a good song, but I'd say it's, I'm... I'm an oldie. I'm the complete opposite of Jake. I listened to this band back in 2010 when uh, oh, All Signs Point to All Signs Point to Lauderdale came out, and I thought they were pretty good back then. This honestly kind of it, it, it's <laughs> you're, generic you're in a sense. Uh, 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 did you listen to the last album? <laughs> I did, and that that last album was generic. Yeah. You know what? Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna it agree with Justin here. <laughs> but it's not I'm bad. I agree with Justin. It's it's generic, but it's generic in a good way, not in a tear gas by architects way. You feel okay. me? Like <laughs> Okay. I'm hitting the no. throwback. I mean so, it's, it's good. Like I, like I didn't say it's bad. I, I said that just to piss off Jake, call that shit disrespect <laughs> your surroundings. <laughs> um I, after I will... the, the first chorus. We, I think it's the first chorus. I'm gonna say it is. We get a, like a breakdown out of nowhere. Yeah, and it's kind of crazy. Breakdown goes. The breakdowns, multiple plural, go hard in this song. It, they do, oh, especially that last one, where it just know. like goes into a part two or maybe even a part three for whatever the fucking reason. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I... also tainted by the uh, by the old school. It's the same thing I've got with um, new school. Um, Panic of the Disco, where mm -hmm. all their old stuff had just such a unique flair to it, and now that they're they're blending into a genre they don't really fit into. Yeah, well, the new Panic of the Disco sucks. I mean, let's just come out and say it. It's probably <laughs> oh, the worst absolutely, yeah. I saw something where they this is definitely an aside, but Brendan Yuri like put on the Panic of the Disco like Instagram story. He was like, "Are you guys ready for new Panic of the Disco after the second most recent single dropped?" And it got a ninety five percent no vote. <laughs> Like, I'm, wow. I'm gonna just drop <laughs> in our in our Discord. I'm gonna drop. Um, I made a wax, Larry. What are you made of? Mm. And that's probably one of my favorite songs from them. Yeah, that was I think my first day to remember song that I ever heard way way back. Well, I say way way back, like it was not like four or five years ago. But <laughs> I just remember the um the music video it was like a sand, fucking Sandlot ripoff. Uh, Any last thoughts on this song here? Uh, I skipped it to Sea Garden, and I'm kind of sad, but I'm also not sad at the same time. That's a fair take. If they put out an album that sounds like this, 
especially without their fucking murderous predatory bassist who is now gone thank god what um yeah sleeper top 10 not gonna lie i don't know what you're talking (laughs) about but yeah oh their bassist killed somebody like with his car and then like sexually assaulted somebody yeah but he's gone now so it's fine you didn't know that you didn't know anything about i heard i heard something about somebody in the band but i can't remember who it was Oh yeah, no. He's like a Tim Lambesis. It's always, it's always the basis, bro. Something's always wrong. No, what about Tim Lambesis? Oh no, that no. He killed his wife, or hired somebody to kill his wife, and, and then they got failed. Remarried. I think. Yeah. Yeah, and now How he's remarried. Get here? And all the all the comments in the Twitter post about it were like, "Run, woman, run!" <laughs> hey, hey uh, Jacob, you want to talk about this next song? Oh yes. Wait, which one's next? Time to see. Oh, it's uh the best song. Uh. Silent Planet have released their newest song, Signal. And it slaps. It sounds like Loathe and Veil of Maya and Silent Planet all had a baby. I've listened to this song a couple times. I don't know what the fuck is going on at any given point. I just know that it slaps. Dude, that is... That's the vibe, honestly. Yep. As far as I'm concerned, it's another Silent Planet song. No, 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 no. You can't say that. You can say that about, like, the Termina song, Jake, but this... This is... This this is, is like, on another level. This... This, honestly, the Veil Maya comparison in general with the sound is, like, accurate, but it reminds me a lot of that new single, the Synthway Vegan one, where it just feels like a conglomeration of sound that all is very pleasing to my ears, and I don't know what's going on, but I love it. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, the structure to this is a little strange, I feel like, or unorthodox, but it still, like, captivates me for the entire listen, yeah. Nobody's doing it like Silent Planet, though. I like, I know we just made comparisons like Veil of Maya and Loathe, but like nobody's doing it like Silent Planet at this point. Like I feel like they're unstoppable. Jake, one of the lines in this song is archetypes collide, so you have to like it. No. That's true. <laughs> Automatically. <laughs> what do you mean, though? I just told you. <laughs> Your only I guess to agree. I guess I like a Silent Planet song that I've only heard once. Yeehaw. Yep, see? And that's how good it is. It sold Jake on first listen. We got him, guys. <laughs> He's in. For legal reasons, this is a joke. Um, the delivery on... I can finally see the duality of everything. And then, like... Dun, 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 I don't even know how to say it, but... <laughs> Damn, was, did somebody it's... just play a breakdown through their mind? Yo, it's... Did, did, it... I just, did anybody else hear that? Peak... Yes, peak... <laughs> gent... It is. It really. I think that's a great way to describe this song. Is peak gent. <laughs> oh, yeah, Silent Planet, unstoppable at this point. I like wasn't completely sold up until uh, Iridescent dropped, and now Iridescent is like almost made the cut for my top ten last year, and it's only up from here. Silent Planet can do no wrong as far as I'm concerned. I'm so sad that North Lane tour got canceled. I got my refund today, but I'm still disappointed. Yeah. No, that, that lineup kicked ass. Um, how about we move on to another weirdly... I don't know if it's weirdly structured, but another weird song. Yeah. Uh, the Devil Wears Prada have released their new single, Time. Time. 
If you weren't making the weird structure transition, I was. Good. So, because yeah, this song's weird. This song and is I weird. don't know what to think of it. And because their queen vocals are still good and the harsh vocals are still meh, but this song is so weird that I can't tell if I don't like. I I don't know. I I cannot formulate an opinion on on this song successfully. It is so System weird failure trying and to form so, an opinion on this song. Like, different that i love it so much i listened to this and i enjoyed it and i've decided that i'm not going to listen to it again until the album drops because mm. it's it's so it's just strange enough that i feel like i need the album to fully contextualize it before i can form like a concrete opinion on it other than the fact that i enjoy it this um feels like i feel like it's like just a conglomeration of like everything the devil or prada has done all in one song. All in four minutes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'd agree with that much, if nothing else. I really didn't expect, like, that weird breakdown. Which one? Like, <laughs> well, yeah, towards, I think around the three-minute mark or so, where it was, like, quiet, and then it stayed quiet and atmospheric, but there were just, like, intermittent chugs. Like, zeros. I don't know. It was weird. I don't think I've ever heard anything quite like it. But, like, not in a bad way. It was just, I think that was really the point where I hit, I hit that point in the song. I'm like, yeah, I need to wait for the album. I have never really enjoyed more than like one or two songs off of any of the Devil Wears Prada project, and I'm like three or four for four on singles, which has got me scared that I'm gonna hate the album. <laughs> like that they've saved all the type of stuff that I don't like for the album, but I I'm mean, like one and a half for four, and I'm scared. Yeah, <laughs> we're all frightened for the new <laughs> the Devil Wears Prada album here at the Hive Mind. I'm not frightened. I'm excited. It comes out September, right? I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. September's low-key kind of stacked. It is. I think we're too focused on the summer. September again. Always. Always September. Apparently. Alright, we're running low on time, so we're gonna go to the next song. Justin! Hi! <laughs> We've got Nerve back again with Color Double Slash Feeling. Nerve are doing the thing where they do the heavy song and then do the soft song and then do the heavy song. And then yeah, and it's good. I think so I thought I was doing that too, right? Damn, you're mad. <laughs> this Sorry, is... I, didn't get, I, I didn't get a chance to speak last time. I got a little pent up aggression. <laughs> oh, you want to see something with the Devil Wars Prada? I thought you meant about oh, the, I last, uh, uh, the last one. No, no, I didn't. No, I didn't like time. Um. Anyway. He hates time. He hates it. I do hate time. anyways, fuck it. <laughs> um, this is really good. Um, I, I, I think my favorite, not not just the vocals, because vocals, fucked her, really good. Um, the instrumentals has a really good heartbeat rhythm to it, mm -hmm. and the chorus fits it really well too, because um, your tattoo touch on a like, on a rhythm instead. Um, heartbeat out of the chest and it just like it does like that heartbeat kind of stop and go again when, when I'm trying to describe the fucking heart god it's so weird um yeah it's it's really good fucking nerve on its hair this is five out of five really good song um 
need the album like immediately yeah yeah. I I need the album so I can find enjoyment out of the song because I'm not liking it as a single, but I think in an album context, this is going to be a nice kind of break in the action, a slight pause to maybe follow a more up-tempo song. And just as a single, it's missing that something that like a bad nature or a low had. The, the argument I have for this is that it's different. It's a good different. You don't want a band different, that... Yeah. But that, I, I don't have the context to be able to enjoy the song right now, and I feel like the album is going to change that. When it, and uh, it stops, please. Yeah, and, and I guess. Like, I don't know. I'm out of the opinion. I don't think this song needs context. I think it's good enough to kind of stand on its own. Um, but if you go like... If it was just the EP of the five singles that have released since Bad Nature, like this would just be a really good kind of break in those songs um i'm i'm not sure how the album is gonna sound that's how much this band has like varied up their sound to the point where they could really just kind of do whatever with this next album and it sound fucking good but i say next but it's a date i've just noticed it's a debut yeah. album yeah this is a vibe and a half on the album. i love the way this sounds this is great. Though. I'm I'm so excited for this album. I don't think I'd be able to say that, but these singles have completely and fully sold me. Announce it, cowards! Yep. <laughs> yeah, fucking cowards. Uh, hey, Derek, you want to hit me up with another vibe? Yo, this is a vibe and a half. Elenium is back with All That Really Matters featuring Teddy Swims. Who I'm, apparently? I'm gonna be is honest. Fucking huge. What's up, Derek? You added this way too late to the playlist that I did not get to. It. <laughs> I'll I'll kill myself. I'll do, I'll do it. <laughs> no, hey, hey, hey. no. Um, That's a joke. Really, yep, yeah, yeah. For legal reasons, hey <laughs> guys. No, I didn't realize Teddy Swims was like this big. I last I heard he was in a project with Michael Bond of Issues in the Villa and Woe Is Me called Wildheart, and they had like fifteen thousand monthly listeners. And I was like, damn, this Teddy guy is really good. Like, I'm sad this project didn't go anywhere. I would have liked to hear more from him. And then it popped up in my release radar because of Millennium, and I was like, oh shit, Teddy Swims is back. And apparently he's been here the entire time, and now has like four million monthly listeners. And has been on like late night shows like Jimmy Fallon and like performance. Oh. I didn't know this. I did not know this at all. I literally, I thought he did a project with Michael Bond and disappeared. So I was excited to see him back. Turns out he's been here the whole time. I love this song. I am like such, I am in love with bands, artists that do vocal chops or repitched vocals to kind of make it like higher and more electronic sound as like a cut from when it goes into a chorus or in a bridge or at a drop for an EDM song like this is. Oh my goodness. Elenium continues his streak of collaborating with, you know, pop artists, artists that come from the scene. And it just feels like everything he touches turns to gold at this point. I love this so much. It's not quite shivering, but it's, it's close. It is not quite shivering. It's up there. It's, it's up there. It's a vibe. It's a vibe. I could, I could casually enjoy this if this appeared on the radio. But I don't think it's something I'm going to be actively searching out too often. 
It's a direct contrast to me. I've listened to this a lot since it dropped. <laughs> Big fan. Big fan. Shout out to Lenium. I'm really happy. I can't remember who he, he did a collaboration with, but there's been a lot of maybe smaller or more medium-sized scene artists that he's done collaborations with recently. Um within the past like, couple albums or so, and I'm really glad that those artists are getting that exposure. Same with a band, or band a producer like Kaizo, um, or a Phase One, you know, Phase One doing that song with Polaris that came out this month that I really enjoyed, personally. I forgot to add it, but... I did not listen to that. I saw it, but I didn't listen to it. This uh, phase we've had over the past three years, and I mentioned it during Shivering, but that, you know, EDM and, you know, metal kind of coming together, um, both in terms of collaborations and with artists like Sullivan King, I'm here for it. I love it. Which leaves yeah, us with our one last, last song. And it's a cover. Yep. Saving Vice put out a brand new song called Angels and Demons. This is the cover by, um, or a cover of uh, uh, Jaden. JDXN, he's a huge TikTok star. He's got like four million. I did not know this was a cover, honestly. Yeah, yeah, I, d I didn't know until Jake mentioned it, and then I researched. This cover it. clears everything that bitch ass Jaden has ever done in his career, bro. <laughs> it's really it bad because Jaden's like an MGK knockoff, and MGK's a knockoff of every other good pop punk band. Mm. So, like, you know, we're like two levels down in the hierarchy. Mm. But Saving Vice are doing Saving Vice things and making great music, and they've managed to turn this song, which I really don't care for all that much, into something that's really, really good. Yes, sir. Give me a Saving Vice song that is just the opening into the first chorus. Give me a song that's just that kind of rhythm, and you get one of my favorite Saving Vice songs ever made. I think like, this I is... think it's pretty clear for us at this point. That, like Me yeah. and Justin like the... Uh, softer side of Saving Vice compared to Derek and Jacob, you guys like their heavier side. I really, I think this is my favorite thing I've heard from them, honestly. I'd like to see it. That's <laughs> well, because it's got that, you know, that pop, pop punk, whatever melody to it, but they've put their own spin on it. And I love when bands do this because like, I, uh -huh. I didn't realize that it was a, a Jaden song until the chorus hit, and then I'm like, oh yeah, I know this song. Um, but they've kept true to like the original aspect of it that you can tell it's a cover, but they've. I love when bands put their own spin on it type of thing. Like, this feels yeah. authentically saving Vice. Yes, yes. But you can still tell it's a cover. Covers like that always just blow me away, and this is expertly done. Reminds me of um, one of the best covers, um, the I Prevail, Tower Swift cover. Mm, yeah, that cover of Banks, blank, yeah, blank Space. Mm, or yeah. that uh, Hands Like Houses cover of Torn. I really enjoy Ooh, as well. Yes. Um, Bad Wolves, Zombie. Yes. Disturbed sound of silence. We could go on forever. <laughs> we could really, yeah. But yeah, saving vice, doing saving vice things, continuously putting out great material. We love to see it. Hey, we love saving vice here at the hive mind. You should check out our uh, after hours with them. Yes. Yeah. We uh, were Tyler from the band. It was a it was a very relaxed episode, I would say. Yeah, definitely. Without Derek again. Guys, <laughs> don't remind me. <laughs> um, let's get into Derek. The I want to remind you if you hate to Derek. To this yours truly EP because oh I don't know if you have. 
<laughs> I did. I listened to it, Jake. I'm going right. to review it with you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about it. Yours truly put out a brand new EP. Is this what I look like? I'm aggressive. Wow. I just had to make sure Derek heard this shit because I think Derek would love this. I don't you know guys. if I could say that I love it, but I really, really like it. Hey, guys. This is one of the best EPs I've heard all year, and it's not particularly close. What's up, Jacob? Hey, guys. I get What's to up, see your Shirley with I Prevail in October. Okay, oh, but we, get, but we, I get Stand Atlantic, so... I don't get I the win. tour. <laughs> <laughs> sorry it's all right derek if we leave now we could go meet rivals <laughs> that's true it's not too late i'll be there in about two and a half hours <laughs> anyway you guys uh yours truly <laughs> yours truly put out their debut album in 2020 i didn't hear it till last year when they put out walk over my grave and i finally convinced myself to listen to it and i thought it was a really good album and they have just continued to top themselves ever since. I take just about every song on this EP over anything off of self-care. This is one of the catchiest EPs I've heard all year. This is some of the best pop punk I've heard all year. And I... This is a bad, but the best comparison I have is that this is my fever of 2021, 2022. Except this is like a fraction of what fever is. But in the same way, it's like female vocals, pop punk, pop rock, and it's just fucking incredible. Uh, the difference is Fever had two top ten songs of the year, and this clearly doesn't. But it is still like one of the strongest EPs I have heard all year. Uh, with one of my favorite singles being a song that drops at the beginning of the month, uh, the final single before the EP dropped, Careless Kind, is incredibly catchy. Do you want me to drop the word infectious again? I'll do it. Uh, <laughs> That's number three. It's okay. just so bouncy, and it's a fast... You're in and out. It's a two-and-a-half-minute-long song. It almost ends, and you're like, oh, it's already over, and you just want to play it again, um, which, for the middle of an EP, I think is a fantastic place to put it. Uh, Walk Over My Grave is a fantastic opening track. It was fantastic a year ago. Still is amazing. Uh, and then you get the two features on this album with Drew York on Bruises, which is just a really catchy song, and my favorite song on here in Hallucinate featuring Yumi yes. 6 uh which has the interlude uh the title track is this what i look like is a 30 mm -hmm. second or no it's a minute and a half interlude which really just breaks the action perfectly you're right in the middle of the listen and i feel like there's not a better track that you could have interluded to other than hallucinate because you kind of get to embrace that like hallucination like those feelings of hallucination kind of in the interlude before all the instruments kick in and, and i think it's so creatively well done that drum and bass feel of the interlude into the like DNB sounds and hallucinate reminds me a lot of that interlude into Kingslayer that we got from Posthuman yes, in 2020. Yep. Um, I'm gonna echo what you said about like this is their strongest. I don't think that hallucinate beats my like favorite songs off of self care being together under size and half of me. I I will agree that I think that overall, because I've been a fan of yours truly since like, I think 2018. So I've heard everything. And in saying that, this is definitely probably the strongest, most cohesive of all the projects that they've put out, you know, EPs, albums, whatever. Um, I re It's a very enjoyable listen front to back. 
I want to make a comparison real quick. Uh, Lights On is a Concrete Castle song. Yeah, I can see it. I just there's something about the delivery in the chorus that I was like, oh yeah, this is. <laughs> this I can see it. It's the... it's not one to one, but it's close. Yeah. No, this is this is very 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 good. I plan on checking this out anyway, like eventually, just because I love yours truly. But you know, you were like, check it out before the podcast. I'm like, all right, fine, I'll just do it. And I'm really glad I did because this is really 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 good. So solid. I will go as far as say I enjoy this more than a significant number of the albums we're going to be talking about this episode. Well, I don't know about all that. <laughs> I think that <laughs> but I think is, you know that. I think this is better than all but two albums released this month. No, but Ooh. that's okay. You're entitled to your opinion, and that's all right. Ooh. Oh, I know which... Wait, I think I know which two, actually. We'll see. I do know which two. One of them should be obvious, but... Uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know if I have too much more to say. If you like female vocalists in pop rock and pop punk, and you're not listening to yours truly, you're doing yourself a disservice at this yeah, point. Yeah, what the fuck are you doing at that point? a banger, as Wesky says in the chat. True. <laughs> Make sure you have a favorite the... song on here, Jacob? Oh, I can't pick. Okay, fair enough. That's fair. I I felt the same way. If hallucinate wasn't so good, yeah, yeah hallucinate just kind of gaps everything else on the CP for me. Yep. And the rest of it's still really good. But uh, let's talk about the second EP for the month of July. Outsider Heart have dropped their debut EP, uh, the Entertainment EP. For asking. Uh, featuring two new songs, uh, Entertainment and Crop Circles featuring Brody, which is a re-release of their original song, Crop Circles. Um, I think Entertainment, the song, is one of their best songs. It has an incredibly catchy chorus and a really nice guitar solo uh, towards the latter half of the song, and it's just super vibey. Uh, very vibey post-hardcore. Um, and I think the re-release of Crop Circles with the feature is significantly stronger than the original. The, sh the original one is very mellow, which works in the context of the EP, uh, but it's not something that... It was like the first song of theirs that I didn't add to my playlist because it's like not something that I actively wanted to listen to. But Crop Circles featuring Brody brings the energy back up into a shorter package. Uh, the original is 3 minutes 16 compared to the feature, which is only 2 minutes 23. And I think that increase in the pace and the faster tempo instrumentals by raising up the guitars and drums does that song a really big favor and it fits in with more of their discography i don't think i've heard the name brody since um what's his name bill murray bill murray i had it damn it okay Shit. bill murray no 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 i no you i you i needed you um yeah <laughs> since bill murray gross <laughs> and i still don't know who he is no he's a producer and an emo rap artist who also has leaned into hyper pop recently or more into a hyper pop sound no he's uh produced beats for garden before cool i think we've talked about most of these songs as singles like i know we talked about like the rest and i'm pretty sure we've talked about anyone but you um but overall this is a small band that is on the rise and definitely a name that you should look out for uh this is their debut ep as far as i'm aware and there's no there's not been a better time to jump onto this trend uh other than now i think i think this is a fantastic time to get More into this right band now. listen to this ep they've got like one or two other songs that aren't on this ep that they've dropped 
but this this is a really solid listen and one of the more convincing EPs I've heard this year. I don't think it's going to make a top 10 at the end of the year, uh, but one of the more memorable ones uh, just off of like the strength of the singles alone. All right, Jake. I know you I know you're going to take this one away. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about this new album from Mothica, Nocturnal. I have a lot to say about it, and it really comes down to the concept. This is very clearly a concept album about sleep, about dreams, about the night, and about all of the bad things that go on late at night, and like how all those things come together, where there are those nights where you just can't sleep and you're stuck in your head, or there's nights where you don't like even want to go to sleep. Like you, you want to go to sleep and you don't want to wake up type of a thing. I there's a I, lot of depth to this album lyrically that takes a few listens to pick up on, but once you start to pull the pieces together, this is one of the most compelling albums I've heard all year, and one of the most successful executions of a concept album I think I've ever heard. Wait, you know what? This is why music's amazing because I have a totally different interpretation. Oh, okay. Let's hear it then. I think this is about a broken relationship. Yep. There's definitely elements of that too. Like I see, I, I think... see what you mean. Like you're taking it very literally, like with the yeah. uh, the what are they called interludes? Mm-hmm. Um, very at the surface level, I think it's about like sleep and depression. Yeah, and those types of feelings. But I think I, I was reading through like some of the lyrics and some of the comments that she's made about it, and there is like a deeper layer of relationships. Uh, but as someone that's never been in a relationship, that's not exactly something that I pick up on super easily. Um, and all the ties to like anxiety and depression and like the things that go through your head late at night is what I picked up on more. So, um, so it's really interesting that you guys both saw that because my interpretation of the album is exactly in the middle of that, <laughs> where you have anxiety and depression stemming from a broken relationship. And you try to like sleep at night, but your head still keeps racing. And eventually you come to acceptance of the fact that you can't sleep it off. And that's where the last like four tracks come in. I think that's with, probably like, the correct. This, yeah. That's this, the correct interpretation, I think. This is why music is amazing. I have to say exactly. that. Right but I this think is, that also just goes to right show here. how well Mothga executed the concept of this album, that there oh, is sure. so much packed into such a short package. This album is only, I think it's 37 minutes, more or less. The with exact time it three takes or me four... to drive home from work. <laughs> Which is <laughs> with like three or four interludes in there, so like the actual songs are more or less like 33, 34 minutes. And I w- the singles were fantastic to start, and the non-singles have only gotten better and better the more I've listened to them. I want to make mention of the final uh trilogy, so to say. Yes. So this album is kind of built up in trilogies. You have Sweepwalk as the opener, and then three songs before you get to one, three songs before two, uh, and then you get three songs before three, and then you get um, three songs, and then the closer in tears. So it's very much structured in that type of a format. And I feel like each one progresses the story a little bit, where the first section with Nocturnal Sensitive and Highlights 
To me, the highlight here is Nocturnal, the opening track, which has become my favorite track on the album. Um, it has some of my favorite lyricism and vocal delivery on the album, uh, particularly in the chorus. Uh, but the pre-chorus kind of sets up the concept of the album with I pretend that I'm a right till the lights go out. And then you head into the chorus of don't got a need for sleep, stuck in a lucid dream, daylight's not for me, that's why I'm not eternal. Hate when the morning comes, this life that I'm running from can't fly too close to the sun, that's why I'm nocturnal. Um, I love the delivery on that before the riff kind of kicks in, and then you go through that cycle a few times before just some crazy chugging guitars come in at the end, which surprised the fuck out of me and is one of my favorite moments on this album. Just super heavy guitar riffs out of nowhere, and it, it builds up to it, which makes it even more satisfying. And then you just go right into a track like Sensitive that's just vibe as hell. Just straight up vibes. Um, m another line in reference to uh, the concept that we've been talking about. I don't thunder? go out, I stay in bed, overthinking in my head. Uh, particularly big relate to that song. I'm sorry for interrupting you, Jake. Yeah, it's all good. And then there's... Um, I forget what song this it's either highlights or back of my mind. I think it's highlights where there's one line that's not necessarily related, but I thought it was so cool that I had to make note of it. So it goes the fucked up things I think about, like maybe I should kill myself. If I fall, will it make a sound if nobody's around? Which is very reminiscent to a certain, uh, one of our favorite songs of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to a friend. <clears throat> yeah. um, and then the interludes also just keep the story going. <laughs> the first one, according to your profile, you haven't slept well in 6,337 days. <laughs> uh, and then you get the second interlude where it says, it appears you are still awake. Reading a bedtime story can help. Uh, with thousands of unrealistic portrayals of love to choose from, it's easy to get your hopes up. Um, before you get into songs called Relive Every Moment, which is a pun on REM sleep, and then Bedtime Stories, which I just... It's stuff like that that I think is really cool. And I think one of my favorite lyrical moments comes with... Um, within Bedtime Stories and into um, The Reckoning, I believe. Yes, if I, The if Reckoning. If I have it straight, where well, Bedtime Stories says just a little girl from Oklahoma reading Juliet and Romeo didn't think love could exist if they don't die well, in the end. Bedtime Stories goes into Lullaby real quick. Like yeah. Said, yeah, yeah, and Lullaby, one of, it's one of the songs that has drawn on me the most, but that line about Romeo and Juliet comes back uh, in The Reckoning, where it says, you made your bed, now lie in it, Watch, wash the blood, Lady Macbeth. So, like, the ties to literature yeah, coming yeah. back to one another I thought was really, really neat. And it's not like they're back-to-back -back songs. It's like you're in the middle of the album, and then that connection comes back a few songs later. I think it just shows how well-crafted this album was. Like, meticulously planned story from top to bottom. While we're on the Reckoning, can we talk about the Polyphia feature? Yeah! <laughs> yeah! The Reckoning is one of the most bizarre songs I've heard all year, and I love it. Uh, I... I heard the uh, opening of the song, the first 20 seconds or so, before it gets super trippy, and I was like, okay, this is maybe going to be one of my favorite songs, and then that trip before it comes out, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck? Like, actually, what the yeah. fuck? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wonder if it makes sense that it's following a track called Absinthe, that it gets so trippy. 
Uh, well, I guess my, with my perception of like everything prior to, uh, the interlude three being about trying to sleep away or distract yourself from a broken relationship. Um, and then the last four tracks being kind of like the, a very big representation of like anger and acceptance yep. like that part of the yeah i mean the, process. interlude three is that in the off chance that none of the messages yeah. shown in this tape help you follow suit you may resort to a state of acceptance yeah exactly and then it goes into absinthe where the first lyrics are i'm drinking poison and expecting you to die which like felt you know that could be right. another reference to romeo and juliet mm. Mm. yeah potentially yeah. i hadn't caught on that i was i was taking it literally in terms of like I'm here drinking and I wish you were dead for like doing this to me type mm. of thing. Um, and then like followed, like we talked about by the reckoning, how then it, you know, you get upset and envious at the other person and wonder why they did this to you. And then that breaks your trust, which goes into there once was a girl who trusted everyone she met till she passed out, woke up in the lion's den. Um, and then feeling like sleep is the only way that you can get recourse from all that, you know, you feel whether it be existing depression and anxiety, depression and anxiety resulting from a relationship. You know, when she falls asleep, she controls everything. An emerald hurricane rose from the chaos. Um, and then blood kind of being like, well, almost like a bargaining, almost like, well, you know, am I good enough? If I fix this part of me, will I be good enough for other people? Like, you don't want to let me in type of thing. Like, I don't know who I am anymore. And then tears being the acceptance part of that grieving process where it's like, I've tried everything to feel better. You know, what is it? I've tried everything, red wine and suffering, anything to feel less alone. Um, the and then sit, of grief. Right. And then recognizing that despite all that, like, look what I've made with my tears, both in terms of like the album in a literal sense. And also like, look at this new version of me. Like I'm almost like a moth that's hatched from a cocoon, you know, that I'm, I'm better off because of all this and the trauma that I've had despite the fact that it hurt me, it's made me into the person I am now and look look at the person I am now type of thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think it's like the last line of this album is look what I've made with my tears before it just yeah. fades out. Yeah, this and this is the is... album that you have made with your tears and it's fantastic. Yeah. It's just so expertly crafted. Yeah. I yeah. I didn't expect something like this. I, I, I really, even when I saw the track listing, I, I, I figured that there was going to be some stuff with interludes, but I didn't expect the concept of all this, given the singles that we had, for it to all come into place so well, and it does. Yeah. yeah. This is an album, this is like, we say with Star Set that a Star Set album is an experience. This is an experience. Mm. This is not, you are not going to hear another album like this album this year. If you do, let us, let us know, know because yeah. I want to. Yeah, I want to hear yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, and like I'm sure that a lot of the things that we have pieced together about this album probably aren't even correct. Right. Hey, like I said, it's all subjective. Yeah, like there's so much depth and detail and meticulous thought put into the lyricism and how it all connects that we've probably like connected some of the dots, but there's definitely some of the dots that we haven't pieced together that we might not ever piece together. Oh no, I guess I just have to listen to this album more. What a shame. <laughs> yeah, what a However shame. will I manage. This is my biggest recommend of the month, and it's not particularly close. Uh, I don't know if I'd go that far, but I would still give it a pretty big vouch. This is really I'm biased, hush. It's quick. 37 minutes, just one drive home. In and out. Just, just one simple drive home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 17 yeah, 17 tracks Richmond to Toronto 
Yeah, that's 70. like 20, 20 listens on my way to Jacob. Oh, it's more than that. Six hours, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I, that's really all I wanted to talk about with Sal was just how well the Weirical concept came together. I, Obviously, I enjoy it from. Front I to back, am going to say that about an album we're going to be talking about soon. So. This album is made special by its lyrical content, and that's its biggest selling point. Let's talk about the new album from Cold Rain called Non-Negative. I don't have a lot to say about this album. Neither do I. <laughs> I didn't listen to it, so it's up to you guys. <laughs> Oh boy. I had to pick my battles this month. Alright, I'll say something about that then. I think this is the best content that Cold Rain has put out. I think Recently or album ever? ever. Ooh, okay. I think that this album has a higher floor than... Uh, what was that last album called? Side Effects. Side, this has a higher floor, but lower ceiling. It's a more consistent package, but it's not reaching the same heights of like a Mayday or a Coexist. I I feel like side effects. You there was a lot that was going on. I I feel like there there was a lot of variation with the songs because you go you go from songs like Coexist to Mayday on that album, and you know that that's almost like night and day. Whereas this one, I feel like it blends more together. Like, you you get Help Me Help You, which leads into Calling, and then Cut Me into Before I Go, which I think is just a really good, like, four-track stint in the album. Um, Before I Go is still the best song yep. on that album. And then, of course, you get a song about 2020, because why the fuck not? Um, do you want to and... talk about 2020 real quick? No, that's the shit. No, I don't year. want to talk about 2020 anymore, but I'll be okay talking I want to talk about, about the, song. the song. Yeah, I want to talk about the song. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking that about That song is another classic example. Well, not a classic example. It's another example of a song that when I hear it building up for the first time, I'm like, oh shit, am I about to hear a top 10 song of the year? And then it comes in and I'm like, okay, this is good, but it's missed potential because I love how cinematic and atmospheric that song builds lyricism. It's a bit surface level. I'll admit it, but I love the way that song builds and I wish I liked it more. I wish it was more replayable than it has been simply because I think that is one of the best openers to a song I've heard all year. I also want to shout out and Derek, I need you to, after the podcast, at mm -hmm. least listen to the last four tracks of the album. If you don't listen to the entire album, I want you to listen to the last four tracks. Cause oh, don't get me wrong. I will be listening to this album. Yeah. Eventually. <laughs> 2020 into Rabbit Hole. 2020 Those two already, songs are nuts. Yeah. 2020 already has just really such high energy. And then Rabbit Hole is easily the heaviest song. I think they've Cold done Rain, Cold Rain has never been more pissed. I think they are more pissed off in Rabbit Hole than they are in Mayday. They they were angry. Twenty twenty upset them. <laughs> twenty twenty. Um, you also get the um the almost could have been a closer of don't speak, similar to how embracing accusation from the levels of the gain album 
almost could have been a closer if Silent Anthem didn't kick you in the throat. Yeah. Uh, the difference um, between Wolves at the Gate and this album is that Wolves at the Gate did it significantly better, and Don't Speak in From Today are two of the most underwhelming songs on this album, and it sucks. I'm going to argue against that and say I still think they're good. They are not underwhelming, but on the lower half of the album, I'm saying the most underwhelming for me was Boys and Girls. It's fair. Um, and maybe Bloody Power Fame. I'd have to go back and listen to that. I, I, think I didn't listen to that when it was a single. Um, it it might be good. I, I didn't listen to it when it was a single, and I kind of my eyes kind of glazed over. I did not know it was a single. Yeah, it was the last <laughs> single before the album. Um, but overall, Nate, this is a very consistent um album. I would say it's probably gonna. It, it's close, whether or not. This is their best because, well, I'm going back to the discography. Um, Rest in Peace was good. Um, that was off the Fateless album. Also, apparently, this is like their what, sixth or seventh album? Like, yeah, what the fuck? A lot of albums, actually. I didn't know. But I, I, I think this is probably some of the best, con- most consistent content that they've yeah. done. This is definitely I've... the most consistent they've been. While I think side effects has a little bit of everything for somebody that likes that kind not of for music, me. but <laughs> not even the the Rio feature. Nope. nope. Damn. Ah. Uh, well, I, at least you enjoyed some part of this. So, Derek, I think you're ready to talk about a new, new child. No, I, I want to, but. I think I need to give this transition to Jacob real quick because Wait, I just listened to some heavy breathing, bro. He was ready and Wait, prepared. I don't have one prepared. Oh, no. I got you, bro. Ren for short has put out her debut album, Dear Amelia. Don't come back. Okay. Jacob, I'm giving you the floor. Go. You get the floor. You get the floor. This is a lot of pressure. Because I just, this is like, this is how I feel with Garden, bro. I got my baby. In the same vein as Jake with the Mothica album, this album lyrically is a masterpiece. Yes. And especially when I'm intoxicated. I connect with the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I felt I felt that a lot actually because you you think a lot. You tend yep. to think more and you feel different things. I there there are some albums that like they're good on their own but they were meant to be like experienced on some sort of substance which feels bad. This is not an endorsement of substance abuse. I'm putting that out there for legal reasons. I got the disclaimer. But you feel some sort get of sued. Yeah, you feel some sort of way when you're intoxicated, especially on alcohol, you tend to be more emotional, especially if you're already thinking about things and it yep. helps you perceive different, whether it be art, you know, or music, well, let's say that music isn't art, but you know what I mean, like paintings versus audible art like this is and having heard it in both ways and even just casually, there is so much to love here and I'm excited that you feel the same way. I still think that I Miss Myself is the opener of the year. 
and I don't think that anything is going to beat it. I think it might mm. be like a top five opener for me ever. Um, maybe not in turn because I will. <laughs> it's actually really funny. I miss myself is the only song on this album, despite being I think the objective best that I haven't playlisted anywhere. But I think in the context of the album, it's so undeniable. And like, I want to that bit where it builds all the tears I cried for you made me forget a part of who I used to be. I used to love, I used to care for me so much. So every year it escalates and I become what I hate. I know I should apologize, but there's too many stupid lies. And now I'm trying to feel the ground so I don't have to let me down. I lost myself to be like you. And now I fucking miss me too. Which, you know, hits hard yeah. enough as it is, let alone into Made For You, which is all about how somebody else has impacted your self-perception and you altered yourself so much for that person that you don't know who you are anymore, which means that you abandon any sense of self-worth and just become whatever the person who you want to be with wants to hear. And you create like a perfect version of yourself for that person, which then leads into Mosh Pit, which is the kind of next chapter in that where because you faked who you are for that person they got comfortable with you and mm. then you start to come into your own you're not the same person you were when you first met them because you faked yourself and now you find out who you are for yourself and they find that out too and the relationship becomes tumultuous and you just want to get out which is then followed by we'll make this okay which is kind of that toxic acceptance of i need to get out but oh shit we what is it we fight we love we kiss we fuck where it's that toxic in and out of i know you're not good for me but i can't seem to get away from you we'll you make like this okay but we won't yeah yes and like oh every it's bit too like the close fact to home. <laughs> that, yeah and the fact that those four all I was so skeptical of the fur of the um whatever it's called. Well, I guess the the thing in between that is hate the way you love me, which fits perfectly in that sequence, but that four out of the first five songs were singles. I wasn't happy with it at all until I heard it and made that connection that all of them connect to each other and it felt like my third eye had opened, you know? Like I, I was like, "Oh shit, now I get it. I understand it now." I think that my favorite track on here is still mosh pit and i think it's followed closely by i thought you were cool and don't come back which are tied don't come back is my favorite don't yeah. come back is my favorite okay good yeah we're all on the relative same page then there um uh, I do. I, I'm gonna ruin your parade a little bit by saying that don't come back is my favorite and i think the album significantly drops off from that point onwards oh no dear amelia is there right there or not yeah dear amelia just, just amelia. i'm just, I'm just <laughs> gonna say that like after don't come back i didn't add a single song to my playlist amelia is right there dude not oh, it, the, the second half of this album just wasn't working for me and it's unfortunate and i'm upset at myself for it because i i, I had a fun time with the front half but the back half of the album just isn't doing anything for me and it really makes it hard for me to like enjoy this album as much as i want to it's because outside of julian king of manhattan it's very slow and depressing like the first half of the album masks it well in the you know, energy but like <laughs> i think julian king of manhattan is my least favorite song 
It was for me too. I think honestly at this point for me it's let you go or let you down and it's just because the sometimes Jake Bugs accent kind of bothers me a little bit. He reminds me of the guy from Passenger. You know that song Let Her Go? You'll need the light when it's burning low, only feel the sun when it starts to snow. It's from like 2013. No. Yeah, I I know that melody. He reminds all, me of that all over US radio. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. I think not my friend. Just it's Everything else is kind of disguised almost in metaphors or continuation of the story, and I think Not My Friend hits it very much on the nose. Um, all I really want to know, or all I really know is I don't want to know what it is that I'm thinking, so cover up my eyes and tell me that it's fine and hold me till the morning. Maybe I'm not my friend. I'm just someone stuck in a body. That, like, feeling that kind of dissociation with yourself and ignoring it, um just because it's easier to try and convince yourself that nothing's wrong rather than facing what it is that you're dealing with. Um, and then real, I want to give my shout out to Amelia because I yes. think that this, hold on. I want to pull up exactly in the song where it is because as far as I understand it, this album ultimately outside of talking about mental health and relationships is about losing a friend to suicide and wanting to be better for them and feeling like you haven't lived up to your own expectations of yourself, let alone, you know, kind of that you'd promise yourself you'd be better for their sake to live on in their name and mm -hmm. their legacy. And you haven't really lived up to that. Um, let's see, uh, oh, Amelia, it's, yeah. Um, well, I'm real, after I finish mine, I'm curious to see how you think of it. Um, but that it's Amelia, it's not been long since you've been gone, and I can't help but wonder what went wrong. Did you skip your medication because you thought it was too strong? Oh, Amelia, you always wished you had a song. And then you reach out to Amelia, kind of like a directly, kind of like on your knees, you're at like a shrine or something like that, you know, I haven't been good, and you know I haven't been feeling too good lately, like you're looking down over me type of thing, you've seen where I'm at. No one understood, I felt like I was driving everyone crazy because my brain didn't work like it should have, I didn't want to check into rehab, but it's all good. Um, and the parallel between, oh, Amelia, you always wish you had a song. And then, oh, Amelia, I always wish you had a better song, like still feeling like you're not good enough and nothing you're doing is, is living up to yourself or to her. And I love the way that the effects on her vocals go. It kind of feels like mm -hmm. it's ascendant, like it's going up to heaven yeah. type of thing. And then at the end where it kind of muddles them, it almost creates like this ripple effect in the vocals. And it makes me feel like it's then from the perception of Amelia who's hearing it on the other side of the barrier type of thing. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it's like No, I didn't even I didn't even I haven't even like gone into the lyrics of this song, but reading it now, it's like, oh yeah, you're right. Like just that the rest everything up besides that last bit of I haven't been good with the effect switches is Ren for shorter. This person in the album talking up to Amelia and then the last bit where the effect changes, it's like you're hearing it on the other side of things, and it's Amelia hearing it through that barrier, through that veil. And I I envisioned that the first time I heard it, and it just blew me away. And the fact that this album is bookended by two such strong, you know, an opener and a closer, and yeah. everything in the middle is so good. Um, I love this. This is my favorite album of the month. Um, and I'm curious to see what you thought of Amelia, like, well, obviously the album in general, but like of Amelia specifically as a song, because you caught something else in me, it sounds like. Uh, I didn't, uh, yeah, like I said, I didn't really dive into the lyrics of Amelia. I just liked 
how it sounded, honestly. I thought it was very, like you said, like, transcendent, almost. Mm. This is kind of, like, in the same vein as, like, Fall For You, or Fall, what is it, Fall For Me by Sleep Token. Mm, mm-hmm. Kind of like the same effect on the vocals. Um, done better, not done much better. Yeah, I don't, I don't have too much to add. I feel like I've already kind of said my points. It's just like good album, but falls off towards the end. Yeah, sonically very good. I think the lyricism is really what sells this album. Yes, and once you dive the into lyricism. it, it's yeah, it's just incredible. I. I had kind of muddled expectations because I didn't love We'll Make This Okay as a single. And, you know, I, I was kind of upset hearing I Miss Myself as a single. And it's just so good. Yeah, That's, I, that's interesting, though, because I, I was, like, listening to, like, I don't know why I didn't really dive into the lyrics of Amelia, but it's, like, totally different from the beginning of the album. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's at least my understanding was everything up to about I thought you were cooler don't come back is about like at least my headcanon for it I haven't looked up anything is that like Amelia is dead before the opener goes in and it's like okay well I'm gonna better myself I'm gonna get into this relationship it falls apart and then you start to slowly devolve and you're losing that self-worth up until let you down which is about feeling like you've let Amelia down and then better off is kind of like that existential, like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, is anything worth it? Like, would we be better off if everybody was dead or if humanity just like moved to Mars and started over type of thing? Um, and then not my friend is that kind of realization of, uh, you know, I'm not doing well for myself. And Amelia is that like ultimate penance, I guess, talking up to Amelia, like, Hey, you know, you've seen me. I know I'm not doing good. I'm not living up to how I, wish I had for you and I'm sorry that I didn't which you in saying that Julian King of Manhattan is your least favorite I, I kind I don't of agree in the sense that it feels out of place yeah I, I don't, don't yeah, get I don't, it. it it doesn't make sense and part of it I think with how much everything else fits into this narrative I feel like I'm just missing something rather than yeah. like <laughs> objectively and I'll look into it and I mean maybe we'll be discussing it again at the end of the year and by then I can uh, figure it out you know hmm. maybe potentially link wink blow my <laughs> mind know? Yeah, but I I I love this. This is it's just I the off Saint Dominique P had some really good storytelling, but this blows it off and out of the water. And I think this I is think an incredible I think album. this is my go to drunk album. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We'll take it. I'll take it. This has been my go to album for this entire month. Before it was the broadside album, but now yeah. I think from oh, last year yeah. for not last year twenty twenty. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they both got lyricism talking about, like, self-worth and relationships and your self-perception of it, which is oftentimes, you know, you get it past a certain point and drinking doesn't become fun anymore. It just becomes <laughs> kind of sad. Yeah, no, I, I, I see it. But, yeah. Anyway, all that to say, Jake, Jake, this was, or Mothica was Jake's big recommend of the month. This is my big recommend of the month. I think that this is an incredible album that is spectacularly done. And it's definitely worth a listen, if not for anything else besides the lyricism and the storytelling. Are we ready to move on? Yes. yes. Let's talk about the cheatiest debut album of all time. 
No, it's not a debut album. You can't say that. They've split it. We'll call it sophomore. It's the cheatiest sophomore album of all time. No, you can't. What? It's well, it's not a sophomore album. It's either the cheatiest debut album of all time or a sophomore album. It's not a sophomore album either. I mean, yeah, it is. They split it on Spotify. Rain City Drive have dropped their new album, Rain City Drive. Whatever the semantics are, whatever you want to call it, Rain City Drives, previously known as Slaves, previously known as Rain City before becoming Rain City Drive, Finally, a new album for the first time since To Better Days in 2020. And that album was one of our favorite albums of the year as a group. I, it was my album of the year. Uh, my number two. Your number two. Jacob, I want to say it was your number two. Just, Justin, it was in your top five. Yeah. How is this stacking up in comparison, given how highly we thought of To Better Days? How did you think of Cursed off that album? It's fine. Not one of the best songs on there, but still good. In my opinion, 80% of the songs sounds like that one song. Hold up. Okay. Yeah, I think you're about right. Yeah. And in saying that, Cursed is like a top five Wait, song off the album for me. Yeah, I never said that's bad. It's just I, like... I don't think we're going to have a disagreement. I think we're all in agreement about one thing, and that it's that this is at least. I think we're all in agreement that this is a really good album that is overshadowed by the fact that Two Better Days is very hard. It sets a high bar that doesn't quite get reached. Yeah. Yeah. You know Take what? It. This is what I'll say. Okay. Heavier, talk to a friend, maybe eye opener are all higher than anything on this album. But I think this album is more consistent. I don't know if I can get behind that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll give it well, to you. Actually. Prayers as well. I, I'll, I'll give you more consistent. I think overall, yeah, it has, it's all like a solid 9 out of 10 across the board. I take I th- like 80% of To Better Days before I take three songs off of this album, I think. I think my problem. I think my problem with the album is it's titled Rain City Drive, but it all kind of fits one style. Whereas I feel like in a debut album, oh, not a debut, but like in a title track album, yeah. I think you self-titled. That's the word. I think you really need like to really show what you can do and not what you're comfortable with. And I feel like Two Better Days shows more what they can do than their own self-titled album. And that's where this album falls for me. I'm going to have to do some convincing here. All right. For me personally, I think the name change actually helped. Like, I was against it at first. Like, I was like, oh, this name's stupid. But the name change here actually helps me differentiate the two. And I think I'm not comparing them as much as you guys are and it is making me enjoy the album more than you guys it sounds like i mean if you if you set it apart yes the the problem is i feel like i'm doing i the the problem is is when you go to spotify and you look up rain city drive 
it's got the entire discography, not only from Slaves, but also from the last album, which had the same members. Uh, they and split it. Like, it's split now. So What? Yeah, it's been split for, like, months. Since when? <laughs> months. Months. <laughs> I, I thought I was pretty clear. <laughs> well, still, you go, you go there, and it still shows to better days on the album. Right. So you, you still get that same... That it, you still get what they can do in one full album in it. I, I don't know. I, I feel like Jacob's point of kind of s- separating the the two from when they did a name change and when they didn't. And I, I feel like that loses its grasp when you just go and you see that. So I think my thing is that I think that the melodies on this album are stronger. I think that Matt's vocal performance and the way that the band sounds is stronger and i will agree that it is definitely a more consistent album than to better days is like i said i think this is all like nine or nine out of tens across the board except for maybe like dreams which i would consider like a 10 out of 10 and psycho probably comes close to that whereas with to Better Days, you had a lot of 10 out of 10 songs on there. And then maybe some that kind of fell a little short. You know, for me, it was um, Witch Hunt, uh, I think, and Bury a Lie a little bit for me, too, has fallen off. Just just a, a slight amount. I think the thing is, for me, is that the lyricism on the self-titled album here is really good. Right? Like, I mean, just look at eternity. all over. Literally just yeah. look at eternity. Yeah. Eternity, I think dreams in general, like creates very good imagery and storytelling. And there's more of a, a, a generalized theme across this album than I think To Better Days has. I think my problem is that because the lyricism, in my opinion, is stronger on To Better Days, I find myself connecting with the songs on To Better Days more than I do on this album on more than just a surface level. I think these sound just as good, if not better in some regards, than some of the songs off To Better Days. but the lyricism ultimately on that album was maybe what or made me want to go back to it whereas i've got this and i've listened to this album in full maybe three times there's no real draw for me to go back to this album in full i love hearing them the songs on their own in shuffle I know this opinion's gonna go not Dude, maybe well with Jake. I have Jake. some work to do. I have work to do right now. I think ultimately what it comes down to, I think if I was right as a better closer than like I do, I think that waiting on you being the opener is really what makes this album fall short. I think that Two Better Days into Prayers is such an unstoppable combination of an opener that putting something like Waiting on You just doesn't feel like it does the album justice. Okay, so I think these albums' orders need to be switched. I, this feels like a debut album. The other one feels like a sophomore. I have album. a very personal connection to Waiting on You and the specific timing that that song dropped. Not to mention that I just think it's the best song on this album and it's not super close. I still stand by I think it's a better opener than... Uh, to better days into prayers but we can agree you're wrong to continue i also yep. think like i do is miles better than if i was right as you're closer. wrong to continue you're wrong continue um, yeah <laughs> i, I don't really wrong. know what to say about this other than the fact that i think it just says a lot that this album released on the same day is that yours truly ep and that yours truly ep has left more of an impression on me than this album i've never felt so indifferent about an album that i love and have every song saved on yeah, that's a great way to put it. 
I said that I've never felt more indifferent about an album that I love and have saved every song from. Yeah. I I, I feel I like this album came and went. Yep. Oh my god. I have this album came and went. It was the next week, and I was going back two weeks up in this, my playlist and listening to Mothica this again. This is the best album released this month, and it's not even close. I'm glad that we're, we're all saying this, this like it's probably not going to end up in all of our top some words. No, here's the thing. I don't know if it's making mine. Oh, well, that's... I don't know if it's making mine either. That's that's a... Oh, wow. Those are two really bad opinions, and you need to fix that expeditiously. <laughs> okay. Well, now you've got me siding with Jacob. Look what you guys did. <laughs> you guys, I'm going to read you lyrics from Eternity, and it is talk to a friend level. No. Talk to... Mm. Yes. Listen to this. <laughs> it's got the... It, okay. I'll just read it. This is literally the opener of eternity. Staring at the sun, your arms around my neck, waves against the rocks, break the silence. But to paint a picture... Sorry. To, but to paint a pretty picture is, is not what I mean. So rewind it back and read it like a crime scene. This is like literally like the next five lines. This is like the self-awareness. It's just at the end. You guys just don't realize it. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> fine so, you know what? Yeah, i i don't know man like the only thing like i feel like we've talked a lot about the new songs but the biggest thing that changed for me listening to this album is that dying for went from the most underwhelming single to one of my favorite songs on the album yeah contextualizing like, the album it works, it works waiting well. <laughs> for you is still my favorite but then it probably goes cutting it close dying for and gardens of misery after that so i do want to say that Jacob, to your credit, I haven't spent enough time with this album to appreciate everything on it. And I think it's just because for me, the initial draw of To Better Days was much stronger than this. Because I feel like there was more to appreciate on a surface level that made me want to go back and explore more as a whole. To me, this feels more like a collection of really good songs. I and... cannot believe this is happening because I <laughs> feel like I was the lowest on the singles out of all of mm-hmm. them. Yep, no, I agree. I I think this makes for a very enjoyable listen that is very solid all around. I think, honestly, we've talked a lot of shit comparing it to to better days like rain city drive isn't one of the most talented rock bands out there right now yeah in just like every respect and i feel like we've not necessarily maybe done this album enough justice in terms of talking about individual things because we spent so much time comparing it to to better days it's just hard not to when we were all so high on it yeah the surface level this definitely gripped at least the three of us i'd say besides you jacob because you are obviously very passionate about this that to better days gripped us all on a surface level and made us want to go back and explore it more. Whereas with this, I think each of us found something this month that we wanted to gravitate more towards because it didn't have that same initial impact on it. So we haven't maybe given it enough time or it's due presence, but that doesn't really, at least for me, change the fact that I think that this is a lower overall quality album than To Better Days was. And it's just because To Better Days is such a strong debut single or debut single, debut album in so many regards that I was scared that they wouldn't be able to top it. And I don't think they did with this. I think they got close. And it's still like a 9 out of 10 album. Like this is still making my top 10 end of the year. I know eventually I'm going to give it its due time once there's a lull in all the releases and I can go back and revisit it. And I love this album. I still pre-ordered it. I'm still going to spin it. Like I still love every song on here. It just it lacks that same appeal to me that To Better Days did 
and I don't think that it topped it. Now, come December, I might have a different opinion. I might have spent more time with it and appreciated more of, like you mentioned, with Eternity. You know, there's definitely some moments on that, like here, that I'm missing, but I'm just, I'm not feeling that same pull in the way that I did, yeah. like a Ren for short, or even some of the songs off another album we'll talk to about later. Better, or even days better Days defined my 2020. This album is not defining my 2022. And I think that's, it just, I have not connected to this album nearly as well. And it's a shame. Like, I want to. And, like, every song on here is good in a vacuum. But, like, if we're talking my favorite albums I've heard all year, there needs to be something more. Every album that's in my mm. top ten right now, there's that next level up. It's like, you can't just be a good album with good songs. You gotta have something more to deserve that spot as one of my top ten favorite albums of the year. Yeah. And right now, that's a question mark with this album for me. Yep, All I right, think... so, so now that I've stopped fucking with Jacob, um, <laughs> I did. I I do want to say Jacob is right in a lot of what he says, and that this album does have a lot of merit to it. Um, I specifically want to mention um the transition from Eternity into Ophelia, where I think both of those songs mesh really well together. Just Wait kind of. Second. Why does yeah. Ophelia have more? listens than eternity on spotify because it's better um oh shots fired why is eternity the second most least the second least played song on this album because it's what at is the wrong end of the with album people? it's at the end of the album that is, yeah it's at the end of the album i'm actually i'm actually molding right now <laughs> <laughs> it's a sad day for rain in toronto it did rain today <laughs> could you say <laughs> we were um could you say we were <clears throat> divided? No, we're not done here. Okay. <laughs> I think the okay. moment, you know, the advantage I have on you guys mm -hmm. is you got some live, so you're biased. I heard Blood Runs Cold live, and that the moment. Yeah, I'm more bitter. Song, the moment I heard that song, I was like, "This album is gonna be good." <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, I I think what I need, I'm I'm still gonna have them all. I'm like listening to all the songs. Obviously, I need a month or two away from this album in general, like as a full listen, and then I need to go back to it when I have the time to fully appreciate it, and we'll see how it goes. I think it's another case of my expectations were set way too high. That's a part of it, I think. Yeah, I just need to chill. And then find a low in the year when nothing's releasing and I can sit down and really appreciate it. Because like I said, I like every song on here. I don't mind going through and listening to every single one because I have them all saved. But I just, I, I need to learn to appreciate it and then go from there. Because I think the potential is there. I'm just not hooked the same way I was to better days. Which, I, I, and like I Jake said, I think something's missing right. and I don't know what it is. Because yeah. I, I had the lowest expectations and... You're the highest on it, yeah. yeah. I, I've got, yeah. I've got an analogy here, right? So you know gymnastics, how there's the balance beam, yeah, and how at the end of a routine, the gymnast will like flip off the balance beam or whatever, and they'll mm -hmm. like, strike the landing. This album is them hopping off of the balance beam and wobbling just a little bit instead of flat sticking the landing. Mm. That's no. a good way to put it. I'm gonna steal that <laughs> analogy. <laughs> 
I'm gonna steal that in about. Say it in ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, give me one. To, holy fuck, we've got five albums left. I'm gonna say it in about thirty minutes. <laughs> well, I think that's a good sign for us to move on then. Uh, we got I'm, I'm a sh- uh, we got another short album to talk about up next. Villain of the Story have dropped their new album, Divided. Well, I think we're going to be a little divided on this one. I I agree. Uh, my so, thoughts are pretty simple. I'm just going to get it out there that I think that their harsh vocalist is talented, but that style of metalcore is just not for me. And the only songs I like on here are the ones that have zero harsh vocals. I think and, it's really funny that this is entirely unrelated, but Wusky just left as we're about to talk about know. this. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, he's gonna be mad. He'll have to watch the recording. Yep. Um, I am the opposite of Jake, where I think the clean vocalist is the actual weaker side of this band, and yeah, I I don't know why I just don't enjoy his style of vocals. I forget what I said about it, but it's just I don't know. He needs some work, I think. So. I'm going to disagree with the both of you. I think that the clean vocals and the unclean vocals are both entirely fine. And I think the instrumentation is great too. I think that these songs between the verses and the chorus lack enough punch. I I don't, I noticed it especially on, I think it was Never Again, Jester and Karma, the first three, where we got to the chorus and it felt like it didn't hit right. Like, the vocals were hitting, but the instrumentation didn't really feel like it carried the chorus forward from the verses enough for me. So the songs started to blend together, not necessarily in terms of, like, content, but just as I was listening to them, I felt myself zoning out a bit because the instrumentation didn't really hook me in with the way that, like, I was hoping it would. Not in the sense the instrumentation is not good, it's just it's not, it's not hitting the way it needed to. You know, and I think I, I that's really my biggest gripe with Villain of the Story as a whole. And I think that's part of the reason why, like, my favorite Villain of the Story songs, like, I, I think Breathe is one of the greatest closers in, like, scene history off of Bloodshot um, from 2020. And, you know, in the same vein, Wrong feels really good to me because I've got vocals that I enjoy off of instrumentation that doesn't necessarily need to be driven forward or have that punch. And Divided, the other song I saved off of this, is kind of it, that differentiation is made with the loveless feature which is really good by the way yes so that i can learn to love it whereas with everything else even with the dueling vocals like i i, I love the style of uncleans i'm glad that there are bands still doing yes. it because it's very it's reminiscent of like early 2010s right exactly it's it's reminiscent of the early 2010s but because nobody else is doing it anymore it feels unique and I, I love the book. I love every aspect of this band other than, I don't know if it's, it's, it's mixing that's the issue or what, but every time that a chorus would hit, it felt like there was missing enough of an oomph for me to, to stay focused and interested in the song. That I'm enjoying each individual part, but when it comes together as a cohesive whole, something is missing for me. Um, which is very unfortunate because I think overall this is very, very good and the singles are a lot better than I remember they were. And honestly, I really enjoyed this front to back. It's just it's I, missing that final factor to be replayed. I agree. I enjoyed this way more than I thought I would. Like, I didn't really give the singles enough enough attention, honestly. And um, mm. um, 
But after like hearing this and I think the main thing that actually got me is one, like you said, the uncleans. And two is the strings. Mm, the yeah. Jacob strings. Yeah, the strings actually got me in this. And well, I guess it's not really a surprise, but that is what pulled me in and got me to keep like I listened to this album maybe ten times now. And and yeah, it's the strings. I'm still not sold on the unclean or the cleans. But yeah, and then the Loveless feature, which I think we'll talk about. Do we want to talk about it now? Or? Let's talk about it now, yeah. <laughs> Julian uh, is just incredible at what he does. Yeah. Simply put. <laughs> and when you put that type of power on the closer, it's just even better. Yeah. My second favorite song on the album. Second? What's the first? Losing Control. Is that the ballad? No, the ballad is wrong. See, I've listened to this album ten times, but I always... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You got it, it's okay. Losing Control was one of the early singles. That came out a while ago, and I just remember like that's it has a really powerful chorus that's stuck with me. For as few times as I have listened to it, it's a chorus that I still have stuck in my head. I don't think I have much more to say. I, I think... Yeah that is the perfect spot to put the feature on the last song and it's mm-hmm. the best song on the album. Yeah, I, I'm i happy with this as my favorite overall villain of the story release, I would say. I'm just still so not entirely sold on the band as a whole and I want to be, but the fact that I enjoyed all of these individually as much as I did and saved two is more so than I can say about any other release. So we're trending in the right direction. And I'm hoping maybe with another release or two, I can finally be sold on it. Or on the band as a whole, rather. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I've, been, I've actually been listening to this band since their, their first album, which I can't believe, honestly. It feels like so long ago. But I was like last year college, I guess. And I can't believe I've been listening to this band that long. And I, this is my favorite album by them. It's not like I've been like religiously following them, but yeah it's kind of their name that you like seeing around everyone yeah yeah and like even for me for someone that doesn't really like their harsh vocalist um like i'm glad that they're like a part of the band and like that there is an audience for it i'm not going to take that away it's simply just a stylistic thing that's not for me but i will happily just take my couple of songs every album and, and run with it yeah and they seem to like to do short um albums like eight songs nine songs and seems to work for them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If it ain't broke, don't fix yeah. it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I say we should move on to this next album. Justin, I'm going to hand the torch over to you for this one. Hello. Welcome back to my show. Uh, we've got <laughs> <laughs> the newest drop from Fight the Fade with their album Apothesis. Okay, I'm. Yeah. I, did I, you I, just hand it to me just because you couldn't say the yeah, name? Yeah, right. yeah. Because I did not know how to pronounce the album name. Yeah, yeah. Apothesis. So, um, fight the fade. Fucking killing it. 
this is a weird album. one for me because this album was my number nine of 2020 with their in love and hope and peace uh so and the singles for this album were pretty strong to follow it up but again it's just an album that doesn't leave much of a mark for me unfortunately there's good songs on here but i think most of those good songs dropped last year and this album has left a very small imprint on my 2022 in the same way that a led by lanterns with their album paralysis from january this year incredible singles but has left an extremely small mark on my year of 2022 uh which kind of sucks because it's not going to be one of the things that i really think about when i think of the year 2022 when i feel like this album should be up there in the conversation for one of the best albums i've heard this year because it's consistently good from top to bottom i think not enough uh one of the last tracks dropped for this album is one of the best on here next to uh buried in matter of time uh, you get the feature from Massey on Letting Go, which I think is great. Stratosphere is super reminiscent of Grandson and the Score and that more alt-rock scene that I uh, was big into back in 2017. So that was a really nice nostalgia hit, something I did not expect to get. Composure, I think, is a solid closer. And like everything about this album is good, but just it's not leaving a mark on me. It's similar to Rain City Drive and similar to a lot of other albums this month. So... Like Jacob, I guess I'm trying to sell this album, but not really, because I can see where some of its kind of falters lie, because unfortunately, I'm one that doesn't like the release strategy of dropping single after single on the album until all of the albums out, bar like one or two songs. Um, I don't like the release strategy. However, I want to bring this point into view last month we talked about abyss watching me and how that album was structured and i think this album as well has a structure and a story it's kind of trying to tell not in the same vein i think that abyss watching me did it because Abyss watching me did it in a genius way um Especially tying songs that have been out for like two to three years and then releasing the album, but that's that's not the album I'm talking about. I think this album, as a entire package, now that everything's out, I think it's really fucking good. Um, you get the almost the kind of big like beginning of an end at the start of the album with not enough matter of time and old ones where you get the. You know, you essentially start from, you know, your suffering, um, but then you still continue on with old habits because old habits die hard. Um, and I think metaphysical, while only being an interlude, is probably one of the more important songs on the album because then you it leads into Buried very seamlessly, especially if you have, like, Crossfade on Spotify because it's really good and you should do it. But it's imagery is of a coffin and monster is essentially like rising up from that burial you know with nothing at all leading into lost at all and then almost like drifting into nothingness with letting go and then stratosphere and cut and run almost like turn the 80 percent of the album on its head because stratosphere is 
very much different from the album where it's Definitely. almost like this kind of dreamlike song. And then Cut and Run is very high energy. And then you get Revival where it's you're alive again. You're, you're finally back in your own per- person. You get into On My Own in leading into the final song of Composure. Composure I did not like as the closer because it was released very late in the last year and I feel like it had so much time to set where I think the impact of a composure at that time kind of made it as a closer very off-putting. But I think now putting into perspective of how the album is laid out and the kind of message it's trying to say, composure is the one of the best songs on the album is a really good closer and kind of tops off the album. Uh, that said, now that I've gotten to like the concept of the album, my my favorite tracks, um, Stratosphere, as I mentioned, is very different from what Fight the Fate normally do. Um, but I think it kind of it adds to the album in a way I didn't think it would, and why it's probably one of my favorites. But for some reason, I just never go back to it. Not enough. Jake already said it's one of the best songs that released on the album. Uh, I still go back to Cut and Run. We talked about Buried when that dropped. Um, Letting It Go is really good. Um, all in all, I just I think this album is done fantastically. Um, it's just the release strategy of every single song coming out one after another, where you kind of lose that message. And I I. And jealous of the people that get to listen to this album for the first time as it is. We stopped listening to the singles after Where You Go, I Go and when the album was announced. So we had more than just like two or three songs, but I still almost feel like it didn't change much for me. I almost feel like I would have enjoyed the album more if I kept continuing with the singles. Mm, No. I feel feel like I'm jealous of the people that get to listen to this thing as a whole and actually get to... um, yeah, the the kind of concept that I brought up brought about, if it even makes sense. Um, I'm jealous of the people that actually get to listen to it from top to bottom without hearing anything beforehand, because then you actually come into it with a full package and actually put, can make up a full opinion of the of the whole thing as a whole instead of just what released as it released. Yeah, I don't know. This album's good. It doesn't stack up within Love and Hope and Peace. It's just not leaving much of a mark on me, even with how consistently good it was, similar to Rain City Drive. The one thing I will give them credit for is that with songs like Stratosphere and Revival, they are delivering Grandson and the Score-esque songs when Grandson and the Score are not delivering those songs to me currently. So I'll take it. But again, it's just not really sticking with me in any meaningful way. Alright, that was the most I was going to talk about an album this entire podcast, so... I don't. Let's I don't think uh, Eric Jacob yeah, got to it. Oh, this is gonna be fun! I can't I'm wait to listen to this. this Let's talk about "Welcome to the Chaos" by Fame on Fire, their <laughs> sophomore album following up Levels from 2020. <laughs> Uh, Derek and Jacob, since Justin and I have done the talking for a while, let's talk with you guys. What are you guys thinking about this? This is the worst album I've heard all month. 
All right, so we're off to a bad start because I actually didn't get around to this and I was hoping you guys could sell me on whether I need to listen to it like now or in a couple of months. Don't I think you're good in a couple of months. Okay, don't, don't oh wow. All right, D don't listen to it at all? Do not listen to it at all. Oh, well now you no. now I have to no. listen to it. Do not. I'm going to say ignore, I'm going to say ignore Jacob. I think you need to listen to this, but I don't think you're going to remember it after you do. Perfect. Okay, others listen right. later. Here, here's, here's my take. This album peaks with its first four songs and then slowly drops off until the end. I'm gonna argue that and say my from this album more Welcome to the Chaos because that was the, that was the song that was Funny teased the most. Song, yeah. And I, I love the opening with like it, it's kind of like trying to kind of dummy breakdown. Um Derek, I think that's the song you're gonna like the most. Yeah, probably. If I had to pick one, yeah. um, but you also, I really liked Robbery. Yeah, Robbery is the one exception to my downward trend. I think that the best songs on this album are Cutthroat, uh, Robbery, and Welcome to the Chaos. Oh, oh, emo shit's a funny song, but it's not. I like emo shit more than I thought I would. But I, I mean, it didn't stick with me. Like I, I have to give that song credit for incorporating the rap feature as well as they did, and it works surprisingly well. But it does feel a little off to me. Um, I do want to double back to Cutthroat. I know we talked about it when it dropped, but that is still my favorite pissed off anthem of the year and my favorite song on this album by a fucking mile. I, I don't think Fame on Fire want to be pissed off all the time, but damn, they did it well there. Um, and I also want to double back to Robbery, because my best comparison I've got for Robbery is Crazy for Your Crazy, which I remember Derek is one of your favorite songs off of Levels. Oh, uh, yeah, that song slaps. Um, Robbery has a super catchy hook in the chorus, and it's got a really nice build to the instrumentation as well. Uh, and it's also a really short song, it's only two and a half minutes, uh, so you're kind of in and you're out, very replayable. Um... But then, yeah, after that song, Signs, Plastic Heart, Rotting Away, Back Then, Jaded, Dead or Alive, none of those songs have really left a mark on me. So, again, it's it starts off strong, but doesn't stick the landing. Whereas Rain City Drive sticks the landing and wobbles, I think they do a perfect backflip and then land on their back. <laughs> flat on their ass. Just flat, flat on their as, ass, yeah. As the... The resident Ice Nine kills. What should I call myself? Enjoyer. Enjoyer. Let's go with that. I absolutely hated. Welcome to the chaos. Damn, that sounds like a you problem. Maybe it is. <laughs> it, my, I think that song has a fun energy to it. My solution is just never listen to this album again. Fair. Um, I think. The lyricism is that of a cover band. <laughs> well, oh, I mean, God. to be fair, <laughs> it's not like they poke fun at it or anything. But uh, yeah, you know, it might be a cover band that uh, also makes originals. So, I feel like the only song that I could actually find myself enjoying on this album was "Plastic Heart." Okay. I think Which, that's acceptable. Maybe they're like, we got Glass Hearts by Caskets, we got Plastic Heart by Fame on Fire. What's next, guys? 
broken heart. Metal heart. <laughs> Metal heart. <laughs> Playing gaseous heart. How many states of matter can we fit in, bro? <laughs> Hydrogen heart. Solid Plasma heart. heart. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just actively just wanted to just not listen to this album when I was hearing it. Maybe I, I don't know. I'm not gonna go back to it. I don't think, but. <laughs> At least with like the next album we're talking about, it's like all right, but anyways. this one you just don't think has any redeeming qualities, I, really? No, I I did not enjoy this at all. All right, well, Derek, how convinced are you? I, I want to listen to it. If, not, I, if that, I've got this weird thing where if somebody tells me an album is bad, I want to go listen to it to see how bad it actually is. So if nothing else, I'm probably going to go listen to this sooner rather than later, actually, because <laughs> oh, shit. even if, well, even if I get something like crazy, if you're going to be honest, City Drive album is bad. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, got, <laughs> I got um, I got two songs off that last Fame and Fire album, and I enjoy them. So if I can get my two off this one, I thought the rest of that Fame and Fire album, the last one sucked. Besides those two songs, I really enjoy. So if I can get two songs I really enjoy and the rest of it sucks, fine by me. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm sorry to like kill the mood, but <laughs> nah, nah. I you mean, look, we've got opinion. We I all had albums opinion. this month that I feel like we really enjoyed, which means that we're bound to have ones that we don't. Yeah. And I would rather. I think that's one thing that I don't like about like some. This is such a tangent. I know we don't have a lot of time, but like reaction channels or whatever that they like. They'll filter what they say for the sake of, like, content or, like, you know, shout out Nick Nocturnal. Love Nick Nocturnal. He headbangs to fucking everything. And it's, like, not everything is headbangable. Like, it's okay yeah. to admit if a song isn't good. So, like, I'd rather that we give our opinion on it even if it's bad rather than try and sugarcoat it. Like, if you don't yeah. enjoy it, you don't enjoy it. And the thing is, not, to say why it's very rare it. for us to find something that we all four vehemently disagree and just dislike something. Where Jacob yeah. might think this is one of the, his least favorite albums of the year. Cutthroat is currently sitting in my top 10 songs of the year, and it's my favorite pissed-off anthem of the year. <laughs> so, you know, hey. uh, there's redeeming qualities for some of us. Music and, is uh, subjective. It, it is subjective, yeah. I think this band is worth checking out at the very least, because they definitely have potential. They're definitely yep. a band that you want to have your eye on. Um, I, de I definitely think this is worth a listen, just to experience it. You might not like it like Jacob, but I think <laughs> that for a lot of people that it is a pretty accessible rock album that newer fans of rock could find enjoyment out of. So I want to take us then to another album that I thought that I wasn't going to like. Uh, Palisades have put out their newest album, Reaching Hypercritical. Thought you weren't gonna like? Wait, what? Hang on. You might Hang say on. he's right. I wasn't right, actually. I think the singles don't do this album justice. Um, I think that My Consequences and Reaching Hypercritical are the two worst songs in this album. Same. And I don't think it's particularly close. And I got that first glimpse of, of the light at the end of the tunnel with Invincible. I'm very surprised. Um, I'm gonna be honest, y'all, Without You, Frey, and Closure are all really, 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 really good. I think, like, probably the best songs that Palisades have put out since that self-titled album. 
maybe since mind games you put a gun to my head i could not tell you a thing about closure right now wow uh all right, so I'm going to keep I, my I was, thoughts to myself. I, I was no, seconds no, away from saying Derek, this. I would I'm rather have so be the closer. Derek, I'm with you. Let's go. So, I think I'm with Jake, actually. I, I you guys cannot tell you a thing about closure. My favorite songs on this album are Raging Hypercritical and Sober. And then there's everything else, and it's all fine, and I enjoyed it. But again, it's another yeah. album this month that has left very little impact on me. So, Derek, what, Derek exactly what, how I feel. What I want to hear more, Derek, is how is the difference in vocalist? How does that affect your Ooh. enjoyment for this? So the vocals work for me, and they don't. Um, it's very much the same issue that I have with Philip Strand, where one side of his range works beautifully, and I really don't click with the other. Um, the softer side of the vocals, when he's not going into his rasp, it's so good. It reminds me very much of... Um, Oh fuck! Why am I blanking, Justin? What's that band that you like a lot? And the like keyboard, the traceless, traceless, traceless. Yeah. Where oh, the softer, the softer side of his vocals, especially in like the um, verses in "Without You," they very much remind me of Traceless. Sound so good. And when the majority of the song, or maybe the chorus, has a lot of those harsher vocals, I don't like that side of his range as much. And it's frequent enough that it's it, it kills those songs for me, which is why I don't like my consequences of reaching hypercritical as much, and why better is easily my favorite of the singles, and I think it blows the rest of them out of the water. Um, what about Sober? Sober's all right. It's number two. Uh-huh. I like it better than reaching critical of my consequences. It's okay. I think that outside of Without You, Frey, and Closure, and maybe better, everything else besides my consequences of reaching hypercritical, which I said, you know, I don't like as much, are they're okay. They're okay songs. There's enough to like about all of them. I enjoy them. I won't probably be revisiting them, you know? I honestly, I had such, and you know I had such like low expectations yeah. going into this because I wasn't feeling the singles. I think that this is a better album overall than Erase the Pain was. Um, I'm going to agree. I, I think the high point, oh. yeah. I, I can't, no. No, I can't do it. No. Like, I, I think for me, the high point for this album, above all else, is the instrumentation. I really appreciate the fact that they brought back some of those uh, that prominent electronic production on some of the songs. Maybe not to the same extent as like Mind Games did. You know, we're never probably going to get another Player Haters Ball, but it at least was reminiscent, maybe, of something closer to that self-titled from 2017. And I think that the riff, the riff in Your Misery, is definitely a high point instrumentally for me. Um, and overall, honestly, like this album for this style of post hardcore is probably one of the stronger ones I've heard in a while. I mean, just overall, it's, it's not a fantastic album and it's not an amazing album. I don't even know if it's a great album, but it's good and it's consistent. And I felt the same way about Erase the Pain. I just think that the, the highs on this one are higher than Erase the Pains were, and I think the Valleys are a little bit higher, too. Um, overall, I, I, I went into this with low expectations, and I came out of it feeling pretty happy with the three songs that I have, and I haven't been able to say that about a Palisades album since that self-title dropped. So if I got my first Palisades save song that's consistently good in about five years, I'll take it. Yeah, uh, I'm going to... Pretty much echo everything you said. Um, one thing I do want to throw in, um, sober, 
given everything in this 150 track playlist is my top song of the month. Ooh. Oh, okay. I, I think it it references um that doesn't reference, but it sounds some more to um difference from Boys of Fall, Ooh. kind of instrumentally a little bit. And I I love his um reflection in the chorus uh, specifically when uh when it goes um when it feels like rain yeah yeah the, the chorus of sober is so good and hence why it's or, my second favorite song on the album and then chorus into the bridge the the bridge to the final chorus was also mm-hmm. pretty good yeah um i wish we are the running... rest of this album impacted me the way reaching hypercritical and sober did because this album was, the singles were trending up and up for me, and then the album just as a whole fell surprisingly flat for me, and it's unfortunate. Um, outside of Sober, I, I still have Without You and Frey saved in my playlist. And those I still regularly go back to. Um, but I think we should probably be wrapping this one up. We've got one more to talk about. We've got a juicer of an album to talk about next. Good one. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll give you a clap. <laughs> yeah, he, he gets one singular clap. Yeah, I don't deserve. Dance, I don't deserve yeah, it too. Dance with their album Jackpot Juicer. Just dance. This is certainly a juicer of an eighteen-track album. So, Jake, I want to get it out of the way for you. What songs did you save? Cream of the Crop, Feels yes, Bad good. Man, Die yes. Another Day, yes. and Pray to God yeah. for Your Mother. Yes. Okay, four for four. Good job, Jake. You good job. Uh, that's a pretty, that's, that's pretty that's, good, honestly. That's a substantial I, I only, list. Only saved Holy Ghost Spirit. Really? 18 I, tracks and that's it? Damn, I'm higher um, on this than Justin, and it's still one of my bottom five albums of the all year. All right. You want to hear what I saved, Derek? Sure. Cream of the Crop, Synergy, Holy Ghost Spirit, For the Jeers, Ember, yep. Pop Off, One Man's yep. Screens, Feel Bad, and He's just going to list off the album. Dobbins, Long Nights in Jail, Back on Deck, Current Events, Pray to God for Your Mother, Swallowed by Eternity, Have a Great Life. He really. So this motherfucker just like the entire album. Okay, so in no, Jacob's. Title okay, well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> In typical Stop. Jacob fashion over the last eight months, he's becoming more of me than I am because he saved more tracks than I did. Hold on. <laughs> I'm so holding. I Hold. Hold. this album, whatever day, this, I want to say the day it came out. Mm-hmm. Maybe three or four times. Oh, more times than I listen to it in general. I've not gone back to it since. And yeah. these are all on my playlist. And I just... I haven't really cleared out my, like, and kept my favorites. So, I enjoy this album more than Afterburner. Ooh, actually, now that I say that, I think Afterburner has some higher moments, especially since there's Andrew Wells on that album. That just bumps As it opposed more. to <laughs> what? The fucking five or six songs that have Andrew Wells on this album? There's... A- he has six vocal features on this album, Jacob. What are you doing? What are you doing, man? <laughs> you I, missed them all. I, I probably only heard like three or maybe four of them. I can't tell you on what song they are, but they're there. I'll pull up exactly they're the absolutely song. there. There's I can tell. Them, I could tell when Andrew Wells was singing in Not Tillion. 
you know, I need to listen to this album and not be doing something at the same time. <laughs> yep. yep. I also had a disadvantage because I tested positive for COVID about six hours before this album came out. So he couldn't smell the album. Yeah, exactly. I'm it. <laughs> okay. Are we ready, ladies and gentlemen? I want no. to. I want to qualify Derek, what I'm yours. about to say. I, after updating my last set of FM for my old Spotify plays, I have thirteen thousand plays on Dance Gavin Dance, and it is twice as much as Garden at number two at six and a half thousand. So my, those are my qualifications. I've slapped my curriculum vitae on the table. I was very excited for an 18-track Dance Gavin Dance album because I thought that I was going to, based on the singles alone, I was going to get 18 tracks that I really enjoyed. They went four for four on singles, and I don't think it quite... What? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of on the fence at this point, but I liked it. Okay. I, I think that the album did not earn its runtime. And I think something that's very interesting to me is that I say with pretty much, I could grab Jake, poor innocent Jake, who's never heard a Dance Gavin Dance album besides, I guess nope. you listen to this and after, right? but like, well. yeah, but like, think back to like, I don't know, Mothership, Artificial Selection, any of the previous Tillian era albums, and I could sit you down and I could play you a song. And if I gave you like one or two reference points for each song off of the album, I could play you a song and I bet with probably about 75 to 90% accuracy, you could place the correct songs on the correct albums. And what I mean by that is that every single album has a very distinct and specific sound to it, that even if the songs are all different and experiment with different things, you can place those songs based on their feel from the album, and you can nail it. I think that this album doesn't succeed in achieving the same in that a song like um oh god what is it i can't even remember which one it is at this point it has a reference sonically and lyrically to acceptance speech and it sounds like something off of acceptance speech um there are instrumental callbacks to death of a robot with human hair off of acceptance speech or something off of exposed or yeah the same kind of riff of exposed off of mothership there are lyrical callbacks to slouch off of artificial selection and I think, because uh, the closer to Artificial Selection Evaporate has a bunch of lyrical callbacks to different eras of Dance Gavin Dance, and I yes. think that this does that same thing as a whole on the album, or tries to. And I actually remember hearing the reference to Acceptance Speech, but I don't remember what song it's on either. Yeah, it's it's one. I think it might be One Man's Cringe. I'm not entirely positive. Um, research for you. I, I think my thing is that they're trying to do a lot on this album. This is the first album where Andrew Wells is an official sixth member. He composed Die Another Day and did a lot of instrumentation composition for other songs in this album. He provided a lot of vocal additions. And this, to me, feels more like a transitional album than anything else. This is almost like a, a self-title in the sense that it feels like they're making a statement of here's everything that we can do across 18 tracks. I don't think it always lands. Um... There's a song like uh, Two Secret Weapons, which is really boring for about two minutes and 50 seconds. And then there's 40 seconds of John Mess at the end where he's like And that's when I stopped to... liking that song. <laughs> <laughs> it's this whimsical instrumentation at the end that's like, okay, this is more like the Dance Gavin Dance that I know, but it took three minutes to get there and it doesn't sell me. You know, Polka Dot Dobbins, I think, is just boring and it almost feels out of place. It feels like something more off of instant gratification than this album. Um, 
Ember, I think, is a great example of Tillian's vocal range and is also ridiculously overproduced. And I think that that's my biggest gripe with this album as a whole is that it feels like it loses a lot of the integrity of a Dance Gavin Dance album in exchange for incredible production and the way that the guitars go back and forth in your ears. It's great for like one or two songs, but I get to listening to it and I'm like, you know, if you evict, at least for me, Ember, uh, Two Secret Weapons and Polka Dot Dobbins from this album off the rip, and then I'd also probably take out Current Events and One Man's Cringe. You've got a 13-track album, more traditional length, that's perfect and is the easiest album of the year lock I've ever heard, maybe ever, because I think songs like Cream of the Crop as an opener or Holy Ghost Spirit just in general or Have a Great Life as a closer, which is arguably one of, if not my favorite, closer of any Dance Gavin Dance album at this point. The way that we've got Andrew both singing and screaming at the end, along with Tillian singing and John's screaming, it just, it's incredible. Um, Cream of the Crop as the opener is like as a single I didn't really enjoy but hearing it tagged on to Untitled 2 and then yeah. as the opener. Yeah. Having the first lyrics be Hey You. I'm actually you know. torn between yes, Cream of the Crop exactly, and Die yeah. Another Day is my favorite on this album. I, I, Both I, are I, really, really I think good. <laughs> like, I'm not the biggest fan of Dance Gavin Dance obviously but I think both of those songs are like competing with each other for like they're both just really solid they're yeah. solid songs i enjoy listening to both of them i also appreciate the fact that we got untitled 2 which is the first intro track to a dance gavin dance album in 15 years which is a follow-up to the other one which is called untitled um so they really kind of were very on the nose with that um i want to give a lot of uh, especially some of the experimentation here works, and I think the effect on Tillian's vocals in the chorus of Long Nights in Jail, um, uh, the production on Pray to God for Your Mother works really well, especially. Um, I think Feels Bad Man is probably my favorite song on the album, just with John's more melodic uncleans. I think John is really the unsung hero of this album, in the sense that it feels like his uncleans have leveled up, and there's a lot more variation that I'd almost would expect on something like a secret band album, rather than specifically on Dance Gavin Dance, and I feel like Tillian's solo material as well, especially that most recent album, Factory Reset, has kind of leaked its way into the way that he approached this, both in lyrical matter and just the way that he sounds. And I think also, to the lyrical substance and Swallowed by Eternity or Have a Great Life, it's very melancholy and like very reflect-on-your-own-life type of thing, and I haven't heard anything like that since Man of the Year um, dropped as the closer on Mothership. Uh, I think Dance Gavin Dance continues their trend of having an incredible second to last song that could easily serve as the closer and then somehow making the closer better. <laughs> They've done it for like the past <laughs> however many albums. Into the Sunset is better than Nothing Shameful. I think it is. I think if you flip them, it wouldn't work as well. But I've also listened to Afterburner an unholy amount of times. So, What album? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think for me, it's just that this could have been a 13 track album for me, like a normal dance Gavin dance length. And I think that's the most frustrating part for me is that I don't want to listen to this as a whole without skipping something. And I don't really do that for a lot of dance Gavin dance albums. I think most of them are flawless and I love this band and I want to love songs. And it's not even like I skip it because I'm indifferent. I'm like actively not enjoying two secret weapons and polka dot Dobbins and something about the composition of Ember. It doesn't hit the way that I want it to. 
um i think I'm some of the lyrics shortening the track i think you could take out yeah. holy ghost spirit for the jeers ember Ooh. pop off and i enjoy this album a lot more actually i, I don't know about all that but, yeah. but at the same time for me personally dance gavin dance is a band that takes a while for me to enjoy especially with new material and it takes lots of listens for me to really get into it and I think that's the biggest thing for me is that I would agree. I usually get most of their songs on first listen. I think uh, Holy Ghost Spirit was one that I didn't like, and it's now probably a top three song on the album for me. I've just given because I'm so upset that I don't like the songs. I've gone back and listened to the ones I don't like so many times, and it's just not clicking. And it's really frustrating because I want to love this more than I do, but we're living in a world where like, if Garden drops a really good album, a Dance Gavin Dance album doesn't even crack my top five of the year um which is a weird reality for me to be living in and i don't really know how to process it because <laughs> it's like my favorite album of all time Rain city drive drops uh album of the year 2020 and isn't even in my top 10 right now yeah i don't know well you like four songs off this album jake so yeah. we're already in a weird parallel <laughs> i like more songs off of this album than afterburner but i think lyrics why and three wishes are better than anything on here i'll be yeah. those are the only two songs i still like from that album but I guess ultimately to like wrap things up because I don't want to drown on or draw too much and I, I promised you I wouldn't is that I think that there's a lot of experimentation on here more so than any other album that they've done. Um, I think it works really well in some areas and doesn't in others and ultimately what that leads to is the album kind of losing the sense of identity that I feel like all their other Tillion era albums and frankly all their albums in general have had a distinct identity album to album. This lacks that and instead feels like an kind of a amalgamation of all of what was previously done compiled with some new stuff and not necessarily in a way that lends itself to the album i'm still gonna spin constantly all my favorite songs off of this which is another 11 to 13 tracks you know so that's that's fine but i'm not as sad i was hoping for an 18 track album that i could love every track on and play at least once a day like i did with afterburner when it dropped and i just it didn't hit that mark I say that, that as one of my friends is listening to Polka Dot Dons. <laughs> anyway, I think that's it on this. Okay, let's let's just wrap this show up then. Uh, one hell of a month. Uh, I definitely think there was a lot of stuff that we felt indifferent about as a group, but there was enough interest in it for us to warrant talking about it all. We're at the point now where if a band doesn't drop anything in August, I want to say, or first half of September probably not gonna get an album from them this year so i think speech patterns august, and shambles august is gonna be a very important month for a lot of stuff so hopefully we get some good surprises from it we get i prevail this month guys. We do. yes and we got the hot milk ep very interested to hear that we've got um I think our hell streak two months back to back. I don't think like we have a super crazy amount of albums we'll be talking about from August though. No, but so... I think September will. We will. <laughs> we might be back into it in September. We get a one month break, uh, if we can even call it a break, really. Um, but yeah, what what a month July was. Long month. Lots to talk about. Uh, if you want to check out the playlist, there will be a link in the description of the episode, whether you're listening on YouTube or Spotify and uh, be sure to follow us on social subscribe to us on youtube you can watch these uh, monthly recaps live at the beginning of every month hang out and chat with us 
Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram for updates on when we're going live and when new episodes go live and other things that we are up to as a group. And that'll just about do it. Thank you for listening to this episode in our July recap. And we'll be back next month with our August recap. Take care. Have a good one, guys. Bye.